0: Hello everyone and welcome to Pure Dead PlayStation. As ever, I am your host Donny. We have a bumper episode this week discussing both PlayStation's recent finances and supposed third party comments, Xbox's third party commitments and we've actually got some games to discuss. Who's this we this episode? Well, joining me, gracing us with his presence, the godfather of pure dead gaming, Craig is here again. I know! And delighted to have with me for the first time, Kirk from What's New Video Games. Gentlemen, welcome, hello, and how are we doing? I'm fantastic. Been a while.
1: It has been a while. It's, it feels like I'm podcasting less because I am. But time's just passing faster and faster and faster. Life doesn't slow down. Neither to the game releases unfortunately need time to catch up
0: yes yeah this this year already is is shaping up already you know so um yeah for the for the benefit of our podcast kirk tell us about yourself tell us um what well, suppose tell us about you tell about tell us about what's new video games but also i heard a little rumor that you've got some connection to Scotland. I am you have to tell us all about That we are
2: not <laughs> we're not doing that. We're so, doing it. yeah, my my YouTube channel is What's New Video Games. Uh, I do review videos over there and it's basically just like me like larping like I like work for IGN or Game Informer or something like that trying to put together the most polished review video that I possibly can. Obviously over there, they've got like somebody that plays the game, somebody that writes the review, probably the same person, somebody that narrates the review, somebody that edits all the footage together, and that comes into the established product. It's just me with my laptop that was made in 2013 doing it all, and I'm trying to just get as close to that level of polish as I possibly can, and then I put the video up, and sometimes people like it, sometimes nobody watches it. Uh, but either way I have fun doing it and it makes me feel really good when I put a video up and it is polished and it does have production value. I'm able to sort of hit that benchmark and people like it. It resonates with them. It maybe gives them some insider commentary about the game that they didn't know or that like expands on the context for them or people that just enjoy you know, watching the video for in- entertainment value and that makes me feel good and that's satisfying and I love the fact that doing that and getting the support from subscribers and people that engage with the content that I can get a game like Banishers Ghosts of New Eden or Skull and Bones uh, ahead of time and play that like that's, that's sort of something that I thought was on the fringes of possibility when I first set out uh, to try and do this and now that that's like a regular thing that i'm like kind of getting games at a regular cadence even if they're a little bit uh lesser profile or like not as high quality we're going to talk about some some games that are maybe indie darlings today or some games that are maybe uh triple a but not the most uh well received today and like that's the type of stuff that i'm able to get my hands on but also like getting hands on like a banishers and being like this is a good game like, this is a pretty good game, you know? Like, I feel very privileged to be able to do that. So, that's kind of what I have going on on the channel. So, if you want to support me, go over there and check that out. And who knows? Maybe uh, maybe these two gents are dumb enough to let me write some reviews on the site, even from over across the pond, and uh, do a little duality, like, with some video stuff on my end and some, some reviews over there. And then also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Warmer gray and uh donnie can attest i've been keeping everybody entertained on there for the last like couple of weeks with my outrageous xbox takes that uh,
1: offend, <laughs>
2: offend uh all all god <laughs> and decent people um and i think that's how uh, i rose to some kind of prominence honestly the console war stuff is like exhausting to me i really just i'm a games guy i love covering the games so like getting more involved with you guys would be really cool. I'm hoping to be able to have some more collaborative opportunities in the future because what you guys do, even just as sort of hobbyists is more established, is more in that coverage space of like what I'd really like to try and get involved doing. And the sort of like streamer YouTuber personality stuff, it's like, I've kind of had to do it to like establish myself as like a YouTube channel and like get in that space. And if I could really nestle into like a coverage rhythm, that's, like, what's really appealing to me. So, uh, it's really cool to be working with these guys. I'm happy to be here. But, uh, I guess I wouldn't have any other way with all the console war, like, toxic Twitter stuff, because, like, it got me on Gaz's show, it got me on Reforge, it got me on here, like, Donnie would have never paid attention to me, and hopefully I've been, like, entertaining enough to, to enough people. I'm really just kind of loud and obnoxious, uh, in in debates, You're getting, and getting and good then company then, I have to say, say. And, goes, and then, uh, and then say say uh, say some things that uh, maybe make sense, I guess, while I'm being loud and obnoxious, and, and people gravitate towards that. But yeah, I've got a I've got a regular slot now on Reforge, uh, uh, on Monday at noon, and then every other week uh, over on work to game, uh, which this video is going up on. Obviously, um, we have our Epic Loot Radio Show. Uh, at one o'clock on Mondays, so yeah, this will be like a special thing on work to game, a treat for the viewers, but yeah, it's really great to be collaborating with you guys, and hopefully I get to do more of it in the future
0: Grant Fantastic. absolutely and you, you you didn't you didn't elaborate on the scottish connection
2: no no no, no. <laughs> 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 so i was I was making fun with you uh in Twitter dms and I was telling you that i actually did study classic Scottish literature like like Robert Burns and, and uh other literature from like that period, especially uh when I was at university because I was an English and literature major and then I went on to law school after that. But so if I was gonna do any accent um from anywhere that is not American, I feel like And, again, this would not work on anybody that lives in Scotland because you're going to see right through it. But, like, for other people that don't, like, in America that don't know what a real Scottish accent actually sounds like, I might would be able to get somewhere on the mark with a Scottish accent because I've read, like, phonetically spelled Scottish in, like, older literature works. Like, it's actually, like, the poem To a Mouse, it's written, like, tell a mice. Like, the way that it's written. So, like, it's kind of in my... Because that's very important to, like, impressions and accents. And that's why my Scottish accent is so weak, is you have to know how certain words sound. You have to know how certain vowels sound. And if you don't, then you're grasping at straws and you come out of the accent. Because you're just going to say it like your default dialect would warrant saying it. So, there's words that, like, I don't know how to say. But having Mm -hmm. read a lot of words, like, how they're spelt... For instance, like it (laughs) helps a little bit with being able to pronounce certain things. But do I have a fluid, semi-authentic Scottish accent at all? Absolutely not. Not a chance. So
0: don't worry. I'm not going to make you do it. I'm not going to make you repeat that audio chart you sent me on Twitter. That's for damn (laughs) sure. It was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
2: but the the (laughs) other podcasts, the 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 group that you have, they don't. They sound like it's a blend of. Scottish and something else, you were saying Irish so I was listening to them and I was trying yeah, to copy them.
0: Yeah, because you were struggling them, and with I, Andy. Yeah, you are struggling with Andy. I, Craig, everyone, struggles, with Craig. everyone
1: struggles with Andy. Jesus. Yeah if you can get if you can understand half of what he says you're doing well
2: yeah and so i think i was <laughs> listening to them right before i sent that and i i do kind of do it off of hearing stuff so like yeah I, that screwed me up entirely i should not have listened to that but no like the uh, the way y'all s- say certain vowels like no it's not no it's no and like mm. certain like it's it's there's a certain cadence to it um and you you have to say canny can't say can't, can't say yep. canny i be yep. not i can't tell you why <laughs>
1: well, that
0: was Irish again.
2: <laughs> You're halfway there. You're halfway. Yeah, there. You're halfway I'll figure there. it out at some point. I can't do Dude. British at all. Like yeah. British is because you know, like every American, like there's only two British accents. It's yes. either the like, oh yes, I'm posh and British, and this is the way that I talk, or like, hello, governor, I'm from, I'm a Courtney from London. You're know, like that's the only <laughs> two British for anybody in America. Yeah. They don't know Birmingham. They don't know. Well, you know they don't know Newcastle, Liverpool, that, and the the disparity is like so big. Yeah, you yeah. know, like I was joking with Donnie because he he said oh, like he did like a New York accent. No, he said. Uh, he said <laughs> what are you get like some coffee. you're like, you're get like some oh coffee. I'm from Boston yeah I'm from, from Boston, boston. Some coffee. and like it's more like the new york like I'm walking yeah. here like what are we I'm doing but he's like I'm from here. Boston not nah, Bast- bastin <laughs> bastin's that is like up here. be like oh I got to go to go to the go to the yard and catch a ball game later that that's boston <laughs> But, yeah, like, you were like, oh, I'm from Boston, yeah! Like, <laughs> so I got to give you a hard time as well. I've just
1: got visions of the two of you screaming at each other in DMs back and forth yeah. in various <laughs> accents. That's, just, that's oh, basically man. the
2: whole of our interaction, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. To, I was just like, yeah, I, I, I at least I at least impressed Donnie here with, like, a <laughs> little bit of knowledge of Scottish culture, like, as in, oh, like, God. more than none. You more know? than most but, have. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. but... Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm very fascinated by like UK and the British Isles in general. I think like y'all, y'all have such a vastness and richness of culture. Like a lot of people talk about, you know, oh America, it's so diverse. And there's a lot of culture. Yes, but also like the rich history and the the variance and 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 depth of culture. Like just going from like Welsh to British to Scottish to Irish, and then even the the certain regions like of just you know england you know ranging from liverpool to london to newcastle to um how do you it's 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 just leicester right yeah yeah, 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 but it's leicester yeah to yorkshire like yeah there's there's all sorts of different cultures there and like i've never like visited but i think that would be something on my bucket list is to like go there and um and visit all those like boroughs and stuff and visit the scottish highlands Go to Ireland. That like that'd be really cool because I'm primarily British and Ir- Irish, like heritage wise, with a little bit of Scandinavian. So, yeah, nice. that'd be something. That'd be something cool to do. Go see the old country at
0: some point. <laughs> yeah, you guys love that, don't you? Coming over? Yeah. Yeah, you're like this is so just... we, get, so we get our money. My backyard, know? man. Like what? It, like what? It,
2: it's nothing. It's nothing special. Just just rains here all the time. You know, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know Don is cool. a big big Celtic fan. That's it. That's it. So is yeah. so Craig. Yeah, we both, both are.
0: of us. Good guys. I mean, the, but but that's a sore subject at the moment. Very but, sore. You know. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Have, oh, they, yeah, not, yeah. have they not it's done good. Good. well? It's not it's been a not good, week. good. Yeah, I I, under, I understand. In the states, the um, the Dallas Cowboys had a bit of a meltdown. Did they not? Well, so have we. So I can. Okay. So anyone listening that likes the Cowboys, understand? You guys had a hard time. That's us yeah. right now.
2: That's that's mm-hmm. yeah. That's it's funny. not good. And sort it's of all your eggs are in that basket. Unfortunately, Pretty much. Yeah so uh, i'm sorry to hear that i i I used to play soccer football i should say for your audience um so i was much more tapped into champions league like like i like my my era would have been like when didier drogba was like a an actual good striker like for chelsea like that's Mm -hmm. kind of when i was like paying attention so that's like a while back Mm, like like fifa 2013 to 17 is like around like you know um, and yeah, like I, I, I played, um, I played football for, uh, for what, what do y'all call high school? Like before school. university. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, our team was like really good. Like we were the best in our state, which, uh, you know, is pretty, pretty big area for you guys. Yeah. we like the whole country. Yeah. Like on the we spot. We yeah, we were kind of a big deal, so uh yeah, I wasn't good. I played I played left bench, but uh, <laughs> nice. the training was was rigorous to be on in mm-hmm. part of that program, so uh I definitely knew what it was like to be part of a of a of a proper outfit as far as being a footballer, but uh no, I was not uh anywhere near like spectacular by any means. I might have played like seventeen minutes total all season. Probably more than that, <laughs> actually. Probably more than that, because we went up by quite a bit because we were so good. So they would stick, they trade, they trot me out there to, you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: let a few to make goals you feel bad or whatever. Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly.
0: So your mom could cheer you on when she'd like, "Yay, go, quirky. No, my mom was like, "Why didn't you do better?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. i traveled I know all get- this way for yeah, 17 I, uh, minutes. <laughs> I I, uh, mm. I know we got a, a, a range of yes. topics to get through. So yes, we, might as we well do. We do get on. And to we, that. the thing yeah. is.
0: We've, we've actually got games to discuss. I feel as though the last few episodes have all just been kind of news-centric, and we've got we've got some big talking points, but we've also got a lot of games to discuss, and you guys are going to kick it off because, Craig, earlier on you were actually playing Banisher's Ghost of New Eden, and Kirk, yeah. you and Lono reviewed it as well. So um, Speaking yeah. of
2: uh, Scottish people, Scottish protagonists with a buttery smooth uh, voice, I'll be interested to hear if that's like a real scott because me and donnie were talking about assassin's creed rogue and how shay cormac does not have a real (laughs) scott uh irish accent uh so i'll be interested to hear if red mcgrith has a good scottish accent or if it's a terrible uh imitation by somebody that's not actually scottish but he sounds scottish to me so sounds scottish to me
1: yeah, yeah, no, I, it's pretty spot on. See, to be honest, like, it's, it's really refreshing. Um, yeah. While I'm playing through the game, I think I, I was going to say, I think I'm maybe six hours in at the moment. Um, and it's, it's a total breath of fresh air to hear that accent on a, on the regular. And they have been, I don't know, I feel like in the past with some Scottish accents, it's never really been the main character. And if it is, they've dialed it back, but there yeah. is a lot of the Scottish slang in there. And they've just went with it, yeah, because it is. fits. Yeah. And like, there will be people that will be like, "I, I googling, I don't know what that means. What is he talking about?" But I, I really like that it works for me, and I think it's it's sort of historically accurate as well, which is good. Uh, I think the voice acting in the game is absolutely fantastic. Even his really, really, like, good.
2: garb, like it feels so authentic. Like he starts out with sort of like a plaid paper, mm. a scarf, but it's, like, more utility-focused than a scarf. I think it's, like, a satchel type of yes. thing, almost, but it's, like, an article of clothing. And, it like, it it looks very, like, traditional and sort of, uh, like like, heritage-based in terms of, like, he's definitely retaining this identity, even coming over to Colonial American. Like, you can tell by his character design, by his outfit, even by, like, the cut of his beard and everything, like, oh, this is somebody that is from a certain part of the world. And then just like when he opens his mouth and talks, like I have subtitles off uh, (laughs) for like immersion. And sometimes it's challenging for me to be like, I like, I really got to listen to this man when he talks. And like, that's cool because I can understand what he's saying, but like sort of that, that strain of my ears, it's like, it's like going over like a nice little like hill and valley. Like when he talks, like, it's like, Oh man, like he's like deep in there with that accent. Like he's yeah. got that voice actor is eating it up. Like every time Absolutely. he talks, and it's so great. Like when you're just doing combat or like just like exploring the world, and you like come upon like something that like in the world that like you can interact with or something. He's got like like I I can't do it, but like he's got that inflection of like oh look at, look at that there. You know, like he's like kind of <laughs> yeah. like he's like he's, he's very like re- reflecting like in the way that he speaks. Like you can. You can tell that he's pensive and he, and he thinks about things and he he's he he's not just like this like oaf that you see in like first person shooter games it was like yeah we gotta take these guys out you know like whatever like <laughs> he's, he's he's a more layered character and I think that brings Very a lot so. to the narrative aspects even when you're doing more like like you've got to have that like if you're gonna make I keep referring to this as kind of like a God of War like light or like knockoff this feels like double A God of War and I think it's the closest to a God of War clone that we've gotten since God of War like changed, you know, and became that third person, over the shoulder, narrative based, you know, combat and exploration focused action adventure game. Um, this is kind of the only really one to one clone that we've gotten from a double A studio or or the like. And so you've gotta have a protagonist that carries their weight and like Red kinda does it. Like I'm glad mm-hmm. that they didn't try to like make a knockoff Kratos or anything. Like he's doing his own thing. Like, you know, he's like he's like a woodsman and a Scotsman and like he's resourceful, you know, he he, he uh he, he can get out of a bind, you know, he can mm-hmm. and he can uh he's got his wits about him and his and his sword about him too. So yeah, he's a great character and I love him and I think if I didn't love him, the game would not hit near as much for me. So fantastic to see and a little bit of representation for for your lot as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. Like it's very character driven. And I think the character does a lot of little things that just get you behind them. Like, yeah, he does have that tough exterior. But then when he's talking to uh, Antea, like he's, he's got that softness as well. Like he really, he does have like, he turns into almost like a different person when he's talking to her. It's like um, a
2: dad or like a protector type of like a, yeah. like a protector in like a romantic dynamic, like he, uh. he cares for her, you can tell in his vocal his vocal cadence, yeah, for sure he's so he's so emotive when he's delivering lines, like you can kind of tell what he's feeling when he talks, and I think that's so important for like a character driven game like this. I don't really feel that way about whoever plays on tail, like I'm not trying mm. to like you know throw dirt on anybody or anything, but like I didn't she comes off a little more like she's definitely doing the like foil to him of like I'm straightforward and I'm got to be serious about this and it comes off almost a little bit too overbearing it's like yeah I get it like you're very much by the book and you're gonna like keep me in line like like Red seems kind of the more like exuberant kind of you know, his mind is open to like the fantastical and the possibilities and yeah. she's very much like their ghost and death to the dead and like I'm by the book and I'm like your mentor and I'm gonna keep you in line course that all shifts around when it's convenient for her and she's not you know <laughs> yes. or, you know it's not gonna work for her anymore i thought that was a weird narrative beat i don't know how much we want to get into spoilers there but i thought that was something where i was like wait that doesn't really that's not uh that's not working out like it was one way when you're alive then it's one way when you're not so much alive and, and, and so the rules don't apply when it's you like i thought that was interesting but yeah, no, I do want to get your uh, your broad ranging thoughts uh, on on the gameplay experience and, and the narrative experience because uh, I've already kind of talked about it at length on Reforge, so I can definitely add some color commentary. But interested to 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 see what you think about it. How how far uh, through it are you?
1: So, I mean, short answer: I'm I'm not sure how far in. Like I say, I think about six hours. I don't okay. know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Can you tell me, like I... in
2: broad strokes, like what part you're at?
1: So I have just decided the fate of the third lot of people. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to. Is, is it a, black, sort of a blacksmith?
2: A blacksmith was involved, maybe in that quest.
1: Uh, so it's when I don't think this is particularly spoiler, but it's just yeah. after you go out to hunt the beast.
2: Oh, okay. So the sisters. Hmm. The sisters, which that was actually, that whole gameplay segment was, like, previewable at Gamescom, I think, or somewhere. Oh, it's not spoilery spoiler, like, then that's fine, then. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's a deal with, like, two sisters, and um, yeah, it's that's a perfect example keep... of, like, yeah, it's a perfect example of, like, when these characters... So, one thing about this game, as, like, as part of the premise, that I didn't really get, like, before I got hands on it, was... So we—I don't know how much you want to get into this, but this game is the as some people might call it a spiritual successor. I would just call it a successor, or like the next game, uh, to Vampire mm-hmm. or Vampire, however you want to pronounce it. Which was a game that had signature don't nod flourish to it because it did some really cool stuff with the systems. It kind of reminded me of how unique the Shadow Mortar games were, yeah. Um, with kind of using a system that nobody's used before. But what it did was it took these NPCs, and then you figured out things about their life and their backstory, and who they were endeared to, who was important to them in the community and stuff, and you figured out like what their motivations were and all that. And by doing that, it actually like unlocked them as like like it was sort of like like XP based, but you actually had to like sacrifice them because you're a vampire to actually collect on all that all that experience from like getting to know them. So like it did this weird heel turn where it was like yeah, it's the normal thing of, like, you're progressing a quest with somebody and you're figuring out more about their life and their backstory and, like, whatever. Also, if you want to collect on all that, you have to eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, And then that had, like, consequences uh, across their social circles and their communities, so much so that, like, you could actually, like, if, if people were best friends or husband and wife or lovers or whatever, if you ate or, or fed on one of them, like, the other one might actually turn into a beast or something that you might have to fight in, like, a boss, a world boss mini boss fight later and so like they had like these interesting things dealing with like ramifications and also like choices and like push and pull and give and take with those NPCs and like actually making them a source of XP and like it's tough to choose because like if you play that game on the hardest difficulty you are going to need to feed on people because it's almost like a souls like at that point Mm -hmm. and you can't just like not level up like and the stories and, and the quests that you're doing are not giving you enough XP so you will have to feed on somebody at some point if you're playing on the hardest difficulty and so that was, like, a conflict. Like, who do I feed on to get stronger so that I can pro- progress through the game because I've got to be able to level up with this XP? And this game takes that gameplay benefit out of the sacrificing that you're doing because you're you're choosing in each one of these scenarios that you're talking about. You said you're six hours in and you're on, like, the third one or whatever because they take a while. Mm-hmm. But you're doing, like, an almost Sherlock Holmes type of investigation. And then at the end of the investigation, you figure out, like, essentially every scenario is a ghost is haunting somebody. Like, they haven't left the mortal plane yet. They're still hanging around Mm -hmm. as a ghost. And in haunting somebody, it's creating a a problem. And so you investigate, okay, why is this ghost hanging around and haunting them? And then I've got to make a determination as, like, the arbiter of you know, truth and getting to decide what happens for whatever reason, because I'm a banisher and that's how this works, I guess, in this weird world. Um, I get to either say, okay, you're a bad ghost and you did bad things and you're hanging around for bad reasons. I'm gonna banish you to oblivion, like get get the heck out of here, you ghost. Or like, I empathize with you. I understand why you like uh don't have closure. I'm gonna give you that closure. I'm gonna resolve this and then I'm gonna help you like ascend and be at peace and go on to heaven, basically. And then the third thing is, oh, this ghost is actually around because you who are alive are actually a crap person and they don't have closure because you and the terrible things that you did, like you might have murdered them or whatever. Um, I'm gonna do something which is called blame you for the haunting and that actually means I'm gonna take your life force out of you and kill you Um, with the whole purpose of that being that you get to um, save... Uh, your partner, Antea by collecting enough of this life force. And the initial problem that I had with that premise was like, well, in Vampire, I'm like a vampire, and I'm a good person. There was this really interesting narrative dynamic of, like, he's, like, the leading doctor like scholar authority medical authority on like blood transfusion techniques so like he's like actually a medical genius Mm -hmm. and a professional but also he's this horrible vampire guy that has to like eat people so like that was a very interesting like it's direct like in the same area of study like he's like also the worst thing and the best thing possible so that was like a really cool narrative conflict there and then you had the gameplay conflict of like i've got to feed on people to get stronger to progress through the game to be able to not get just absolutely trampled by these enemies what am i gonna do and in this case it's like oh it's just that i have to i mean we can spoil this right it's in the trailers i have to bring back my dead wife i guess by killing people or i could just not do that because she's dead and dead people are dead and i could just not be an evil person and bring her back and i was just like I'm not seeing a lot of conflict here. Like, Mm. I'm not feeling really compelled by the premise to bring her back. So at the very early on in the game, and I don't know what the ramifications for this are, and I guess you don't either, you swear an oath to her of, am I going to bring you back, or am I going to give you peace and help you get to heaven, basically? And that's, like, after hour two or three, right? So it seems like they're, like, kind of pinning you down. Because yeah. like I chose ascend send her to heaven. I did wh- which one did you choose?
1: I chose to try and revive her. But again, I d I, I don't know. I, like like yourself. Right. But I'm like,
2: But like they're pinning you down, right?
1: I, or are well they? I
2: bet I bet if you pick one and you do the other one, there's a different ending than if you picked it and you do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's gonna be you picked resurrect her and you did it. You picked send her to heaven and you did it, or you picked resurrect mm-hmm. her You picked, you ended up doing the other one, or you picked Send her to Heaven and you ended up bringing her back. I bet there's four different endings in that regard, and there's probably even more depending on your choices throughout the game. Mm -hmm. But I bet there's like a you swore, like. That you weren't going to bring me back because it was the right thing to not do that. And then you killed all these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I bet there's, like, layers of intrigue there. And so they pin you down, like, really early. Like, you swear an oath. Like, that's how they frame it. You swear to her. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to kill people. We're going to ascend you. And then, so that's what I did, different from you. Because I was like, why, well, yeah, why would I kill people Go against everything that, like, apparently my credo and like my banisher, you know, training and all that go like says, you know, why would I go against all that just because, oh, my partner died. So now it's convenient for me to like abandon all that and like kill people to bring her back. I'm very much a like, you know, uh, I, like one person versus the masses type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see why I should bring my uh partner back if like a, a bunch of other people have to die and then and then you get involved in these stories and these are just like the most despicable people yes. <laughs> that have done like the worst <laughs> things you're like hold on wait a minute i might want to like kind of i might want to start taking some of you guys out like yeah. like i uh, like i don't think the ghost is in the wrong here like you mm-hmm. guys kind of messed up like you were responsible for like a bunch of death and despair and whatever so that was kind of an interesting uh, twist for me as I was like, why would I like go and just kill innocent people? And the answer is like, they're not that innocent like at all. Like there's some like Real everybody, Real yeah, everybody in this game is like doing some dark, depressing stuff. And you're just like, what do you want me to do with this game? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to pick. And I just think that's like such a cool, Overlay on a game which, like, really amounts to kind of like almost like souls adjacent, but really closer to like God of War type of combat. Like, even to the point of like you go up to this thing and it's like, all right, you're going to activate. a wave of enemies as like a mini fight here at this like, you know, shrine thing. All right, here we go. Here come the ghosts. Like it's very God of War in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh there's a there's a chest over there if you can figure out how to get up that rock and cross yeah. that bridge. I wonder how you do that. Like it's very much like the God of War type of exploration. And like there's even like RPG like Witcher and God of War type elements of like you find gear and then you're like, oh I really like this the it's not really stats, but I guess like the buff that the gear offers, like, I found a sword um, that gives me health back in fights, like, if I I Mm -hmm. kill an enemy, and I'm like, that's invaluable, so I just was like, pump that up, make that gold rarity, like, make that as high as possible, (laughs) because I I definitely want to be using that, and so, like, I feel like that's a RPG pull there, and so, like, there's so many systems being involved in this game. So it's not just like a linear narrative game where like, oh, yeah, I go here. I talk to these people. Oh, now I got to fight some dudes. All right. Now we got to go further down the golden path. Like it's very much like there's exploration here. If you want to 100% the map, there's boss fights here. There's secret. I found a secret boss layer that I had to like find on the edge of the map already mm-hmm. like 20 hours in. Um, so there's like a level of like depth here and stuff. The interview, the enemy variety, not so great. Like you're yeah. only six hours in. Let me tell you, if, if when you're twelve hours in, it's gonna kind of feel the same as when you're six hours in. I'm feeling that just it's now. It's not super great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like the co- the core combat, I mean, would you say it's like pretty good? There's a little bit of jank, yeah. but I think it's really fun. I find that it's the most fun when I play like really aggressively.
1: Yes, especially
2: yep. with all that gear that like um gives me health back and stuff, like, it feels a little bit like Bloodborne. Like, I just get in there and I'm just chopping dudes. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just getting in there and, like, I'm really kind of just throwing caution to the wind because the more I hang back, the more it feels like kind of frustrating i'm just getting mauled by like wolves and stuff and it, it really doesn't pay to kind of be cautious and do like the dark souls thing of like all right i'm gonna hit and like get out and, like are like i need to get in there and if there's five enemies i need to take two of them out like within five seconds mm-hmm. or i'm just gonna get mauled and so it feels really good to like level up abilities you get up to like four skill trees uh, as you progress through the game you probably like only unlock two i've got a four now So there's, yeah, there's a lot of depth in terms of the skills and abilities, and you can put those to good use in the combat. The combat doesn't feel too good in, like, hour one or two. Like, there's not a lot on offer. There's not a lot of depth. Yeah, and you get kind of frustrated because you're like, what am I supposed to do with, like, seven enemies? And that guy over there has got ranged attacks. He's just, oh, I'm just getting hit. And then, oh, here's a wolf, and he comes (laughs) up and hits it. Like, it's kind of frustrating in that regard, especially... Playing on a harder difficulty, which I should say, um, there's like even like a story casual difficulty for mm. people that just want to experience the story. So this game has some good accessibility, but for people who want to play this like a Souls or like like more challenging, there is depth there, and I'm having a lot of fun. Just like I just go in and whirl my sword around and like take two guys out, and then like oh I'm about to take a bunch of damage. I can tell like this it's got the indicator of like the red yeah the red indicator That's that you're about you're to get hit from behind. So I go into the into Antea because she's like a hologram or a ghost. Or Right, so then I'm just like, I'll just take that damage, like whatever. I'm just tanking it, whatever. And then like I take out another guy, and now that I'm not getting hit, I go back to red so that I can do more damage. I feel like red does more damage. Yeah. And so it's like strategically like switching into her so that I don't take damage. Like I'm not even really using the dodge so much as I'm switching between the characters to just eat damage because her health bar is like rechargeable. Like her health bar is like kind of dispensable. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just let her health bar get eaten. Uh, to take damage so that I can deal damage as red, and like that loop is like so satisfying when I just feel like a force, like I'm just aggressively getting in there. His combat animations are like kind of cool too. Like the more aggressive that you play,
1: yeah, I really like the, I really like the when you if you're doing the sprint and then you do a heavy attack, it He's does, like, a, it does, yeah, yeah, does yeah, a yeah, does a really nice just it deals yeah. a lot of damage to start,
2: yeah. It's really cool. Like, the animations are cool. He really whirls around. Like, it's kind of like that Geralt-Witcher kind of combat where you're, like, whirling around with the sword. And I think it's a nice touch, too. Like, they don't really get into this, explaining this, like, from a lore perspective. But he fights with a sword and, like, a... Like, it seems like a mechanical torch type thing. Yeah. And it seems like it's, like, made out of, like, iron or something. And he, like, presses a button to, like, light it or something. Like, like it's got, like, an ignite feature yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. And puts so it, it down seems like when a lot. he... Yeah, it seems like when he, like, gets into combat... He's like whirling around because he's got to like hit him with the fire I guess to like make them vulnerable so that he can like vanquish them with the sword. That's what it looks like at least is that the fire is somehow making the the ghost like combatable in some way so they're okay. not just like spectral forms. And so he's like whirling around like okay, I'm hitting you with the fire and then I'm slashing you. And so that that like kind of looks like a dance like in in a way and it's it's very fluid actually. When you're just like, I'm getting in there and fighting. Like, I'm just gonna like, I don't care. Just, wah, I'm just going to attack you. If you kind of hang back, you're like, okay, I got to heal. I'm like, oh, I just got hit again. It starts to get frustrated. starts to feel janky. Mm-hmm. So I definitely kind of just throw myself into combat. And, like, all my abilities and my gear is, like, centered around that. And that does make it feel very good. But, like, this is definitely, like, a mileage will vary type of game as far as combat goes.
1: Yeah, I think like you say as well, that, that was very similar with, again, like yourself, is it Vampire or is it Vampire? I love that game yeah. absolutely. I do loved too. It. It's so good. It's so underrated. Of, this yeah, one too. One of the most underrated PlayStation 4 games. And yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the evolution and what they've taken from it because obviously with Vampire, when it first came out, you had that stamina gauge as well in the combat, but then they did update the game where you could remove that and I believe at the end you could remove combat altogether because some people just didn't like it. There was a mode where you, huh. it was like passive mode or something. Huh. Uh, I I played through it a couple of times. This got, might got have the that.
2: Banishers might have that because there's like six difficulties and one of them is like story or something so maybe I mean I didn't try it but it might have that.
1: Yeah I did wonder that if it was because yeah I, that was one of the i, I like I personally really liked liked the combat in Vampire, yeah. but I know that some people were put off by it. So they did in it's an a update. A little bit
2: janky, like oh yeah, to yeah, Souls, definitely a yeah. little bit, yeah. But it's still good. I Yeah, enjoyed
1: I, it. it took me back to get used to. I felt I, I don't usually play Souls games, so probably more so for me than than some. But um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And like yeah. yourself, like I don't know, I I felt in Vampire everything you did had an impact on the world. Mm-hmm like World you said yeah yeah yeah, I-
2: yeah like you like like places would get more run down and like there'd be uh-huh. like werewolves and stuff there because like you were eating people and like mm-hmm. it was getting worse there and yeah i even i had a situation um did you get to the one with the
1: spy the french spy yet yes yeah. you uh, would have uh, Yeah, i think and and sorry in banishers in banishers, in banishers. yeah yeah mm-hmm. there's a
2: french spy and she's getting haunted by her husband for various reasons, I won't spoil that, but no, she's masquerading no. as, like, a, a British um, a British colonist, no, basically. No, I haven't yet. But she's actually French. okay. And so, I just made the decision of, like, you're a spy, you're bad, like, mm-hmm. I don't think you should be a part of this community, so I did blame her, so she was the first person that I actually killed, and lo and behold, like, I was, like, wandering around, and I guess I, like, came upon her grave, and then um, in the same fashion as, like, vampire, her husband, like, came up from around the grave and was like ah you killed my wife and he like attacked me you know like he's like a boss now and right? like vampire was like that too like people like turned into werewolves and stuff if you like ate their husband or their yeah, wife or yeah. whatever and just like cool world state stuff like that so it's cool to see that like carried over like there seems to be more of a focus here on like fleshing out kind of like a god of war yes map For you to explore and I appreciate that a lot more like I think that that's cooler than like like you go through like the same dock and like the same like Mm burrow in Vampyr like eight times and you're just like I just want to get to the other side of the map like talk to these people and like whatever and this doesn't feel like that at all because there's always like oh yeah I forgot there is like a breakable wall there that I've got to like get an Mm -hmm. ability to like go behind that and figure out like what's over there maybe there's a chest back there or something there's always stuff that you're noticing and you're like oh let me me make a mental note to like come back here and explore that or like I wonder what's down there it looks like I can get down there somehow so I, I like the attention on that yeah. Uh Donnie's looking at us like we have talked way too long about this <laughs>
1: one. <game." laughs>
2: yeah. It's really good. It's yeah. A, yeah, to put to put a pen in it like uh, your audience should check it out. I think especially the representation is really, really cool. I think it's rare that you see just a bona fide Scottish protagonist and he's cool as hell. Like he's, oh, very he's suave, he's awesome, like yeah, he's so likable too. Like he has no, like, bad characteristics whatsoever. He's just a likable guy and, like... Yeah, he's got that it's just, muscular, it's just like... Scottish people all yeah. over me. That's what it is. <laughs> muscular, sexy accurate. dad energy. That's, That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, it's accurate
0: yeah. as well. Yep.
1: I think... See, just come back, like, the reason that I chose... The, the the sort of oath that I chose, it wasn't because... Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like you said, I think Red is much stronger a character than Antea... And yeah. it, I didn't choose to resurrect her because of the bond between that I was feeling towards her. It was more you make that choice just after you sort of wrap up your first yeah. decision. And mm-hmm. I was like, if this is what the level of people see, are going to be like you were <laughs> yeah. like if people are like this crappy yes. to each other
2: uh-huh. i'm i'm
1: killing them all yeah.
2: and i was like ah, i don't know i have faith in humanity you're like absolutely not
1: yeah because no that, shot. that, that first funny. guy i was like you are dying yeah. for what you've done and i thought if this is you know <laughs> if this means what everyone if everyone's gonna be like this in the world they're all getting it
2: nice that's great um
1: but yeah obviously i'm really excited to see how, how it pans out like i just i'm a big fan i don't know it in general like i, I really like their storytelling uh, and I, I would say so far with how far I'm in I think the storytelling was slightly stronger in Vampyr but I'm not mm. that yeah, far I would agree. but I'm not that far in and I do definitely think although the combat isn't the most intricate I think they've obviously put a lot of work into the combat because like you say God of War style, you can the God of War influence is all over the place
2: very prevalent
1: Yeah, um, and so I, I feel like they know that the story elements, the beats are their bread and butter, and so they've been like, right, we need to sort of nail over here. The world, uh, the sort of shortcomings that Vampyr had, and if they can sort of shore that up while delivering on everything else. And so far, I'm really, really enjoying it. Really, really enjoying it.
0: Good. I mean, to be fair, you you, you, you have convinced me to check it out down the line, that's for sure. When there's a a quiet period in gaming, man, so... (laughs) um, (laughs) I think it's yeah, yeah. I think it is I think it's sitting with about an 83, is it? Give or take. So it's, so it's reviewing if well. If it's that high well. I
2: would be happy.
0: When I looked yeah, it was I think right around sure where Vampyr was
1: because
2: Vampire yeah. is like 73 and it was around 74 when I looked like launch week. So I hopefully it is it's up hopefully it is going up.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. up you know.
2: So, uh yeah, Craig, you, you better give it a ninety so you can shove it up there. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I gave it a nine. I think up. it deserves a nine. I really do. I think I think it deserves a nine. It's one of the top three games I've played this year. Mm. Um yeah, I would say Tekken eight is is a little bit more quality, but that's like a fighting game, it's its own yeah. thing. And I haven't played Infinite Wealth, but like that's a dope, amazing game. I think you mm. uh maybe we're gonna talk about that. Um but yeah, man, like this is up there like yeah and it, sh- it like kind of shouldn't be like it's it's a little underdog cinderella dark horse type of game and mm-hmm. it's it's i hope it gets a lot more attention and i hope i hope it sells like i hope it sells yeah. so they can go make another game because i want more from this studio i really do absolutely
0: yeah kirk you jump you jump onto inculinati which um, yes. I, I don't know too much about i mean i have to say i've got pentiment vibes from speaking it speaking of really good games yeah, yes, yes. Uh,
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about it. That yes. a lot,
0: a lot of people
2: don't know about. Pen- By, Pen- wait,
0: pentiment rabbits. Pentiment rabbits.
2: I. So look. Yes. <laughs> pentiment is has an art style that is evocative of medieval manuscripts. Okay. Yes. They don't have a a domain claim on that. Okay. Like I. <laughs> just because it's hard to pronounce the name of this game does not make it Pentiment. You know, two or whatever. Uh, it's its own thing, and I hate that it's just kind of like, oh, it's the game that looks like Pentiment. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: all right, whatever. I think uh, Inclinati might have even come out first because it's been in, in in uh, it's not called early access; it is early access. But like, yeah, the game preview Xbox Game Pass thing that Power World is in or whatever right now. So it's it's officially yeah. called game preview. It was around at the same
1: time, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. Um. But yeah, a little bit, a little bit of spicy uh, drama. It is a Xbox exclusive that's going multi-platform. It's going to PlayStation and Nintendo. So uh, get your pitchforks ready, Xbox gamers. No, but it, this, I got my code. So this, the, the full release is the twenty-second, which is Thursday, right? I think Thursday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
2: Um, and I got my code of the full game for Switch. And that's sort of what put me onto this because I saw the gameplay uh, when I was I looked at it for Game Pass because just aesthetically it's it's gorgeous. Um, for uh, the the video, I'll probably maybe put some some up in the background, but um, yeah, it's like a turn-based 2D strategy game with like platforms. I wouldn't call it a platformer, but there's platforms. That you kind of have to navigate to get close to your enemies. Really, the only thing that I've really played like this, and I'm sure there's other games in this genre that I'm just, I'm just, you know, not a, a well versed gamer enough to have other comparisons. But it reminds me of like the old Worms World Party games where you had to, like, kind of get in position to, like, shoot your rockets at the other worm or, like, whatever. Like, you have to sort of move across this 2D plane to get in position to do the attack. Uh, South Park, um, the fractured butthole, uh, did something kind of similar to that. But this is very much more... It looks like a side-scroller kind of, but it's turn-based. And the aesthetic is... Immediately catches your attention because it is in that medieval manuscript style that you see in, like old religious texts and stuff from, like, I don't even know, like, the 1300s, 1200s, uh, and, and, and onward from there, um, type of, type of stuff that, uh, you would see, like, in, um, you know, like, the period of time where, you know, they would, uh, sell you, uh, the, the bones, the relics of, like, some saint or whatever, so you could, carry that around in your pocket if you were a sinner and that would like somehow absolve you or something like weird stuff going on in the church Uh, but there was some good art coming out uh, that was on kind of the margins of their texts and also something that was pretty contextual from that period is like if 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 on, on a text it said like a long time ago like the a for a long time ago would be like adorned with all this like ornate bordering and stuff so a lot of like very artistic sort of work being done and there were like these little caricatures of like priests and saints and um you know entities of a sort that were adorned in the margins of that and this is what that uh that is what this is this game is evoking with its art style and it's absolutely gorgeous so when I was first looking at the game, and I figured out it's only on Xbox, because um, I'm a console gamer only. I'm not one of those gross PC master race people. Yeah. Um, Fuck them. So I, they don't I even saw, sleep in beds. <laughs> 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 they just they just sleep in their uh, their gamer chairs, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or couches. Yeah. So I saw that it was really only available on Xbox. So I was like this feels like a game I want to play handheld. Like I was like, surely this is going to come to switch. And now it is. And, uh, thank you to, uh, terminals, which is a, uh, code distribution site and, uh, Yaza games, which is the developer of this for getting me a early review code copy of this. Um, so that I could play it on switch, play the full release on switch, which by the way, if you're on Xbox, um, and this is before Thursday, February 22nd, which it won't be likely that, um, that many people, I don't know, whatever. If it's before Thursday, February 26th, you don't have the full game on, on Xbox yet. Um, and I guess you don't have the full game anywhere yet. Um, but the the it will be the game preview version until Thursday mm-hmm. on Xbox. So don't go into that thinking, oh, this is a full game, because it's not. But I think the full game will still be on Game Pass, so you'll be able to play it there. But I would definitely recommend picking this up on Switch because I think it's a pre-order $5 off thing for 20 bucks, And Oh, boy. Is it worth every penny of that? Because I had so much fun with this. Again, it's gorgeous. I can't imagine. I don't have an OLED, but I can't imagine how amazing uh, and satisfying this would look playing this on an OLED. Because, again, the art style is just fabulous, like fantastic. It is just absolutely a treat to look at. And the animations are really good, too. Like This is 60 frames, and the characters are very... Emotive very animated like they're sort of dancing around like doing a little whatever and making little sound effects and stuff They're farting on each other and stuff <laughs> like it's really like goofy And there's like different classes for like your units. So essentially what you're doing is you're starting like it's this is a roguelike uh, Roguelike roguelite. I think it's a roguelike.
0: I never know. I don't know um, the difference either. Yeah. I think
2: a roguelite is a lighter version of a roguelike mm. um, But they sound way too similar. So this is a roguelike In the same vein as I'll just rifle some stuff off as Hades or other side, a little more similar to other side. If you play that one, that's a little more of a deep cut. This is a a campaign where you start out with like your forces. It's kind of tactical and you're going along like this sort of map, which is really just like, I don't know, icons that you click on and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this encounter. And you go in and you do a battle. And so you start out with, like, your army. It's almost like Warhammer, kind of, I guess, where there's, like, these factions where there's, like, the rabbit faction and the fox faction and the dog faction. And then later, part of the roguelike element is, like, I beat the game. I played through one run of the game to be able to, like, basically, like, review it on on podcasts. I did a review um, uh, here and then, like, for work to game in general. But um, I beat the game once on, like, one run. I didn't die. But had I... Been not been successful in that campaign there's like a prestige currency that you get from accomplishing things and you can actually like neglect to take like more um what do you call it like your your full health capacity that you have or like your gold or like whatever like for that run you can say nah i'm good i'm too cool for that and you can get prestige and that is the resource or the currency that you can take outside of that one campaign so you can kind of prioritize do i think i need to elongate this run and get more more full health or do i need to get prestige because i know like i want to take that with me so i've just prioritized prestige i was playing on a lower difficulty there's like really challenging difficulties i just wanted to get through the campaign to like experience the whole thing because we got a lot of games right now (laughs) um and now I, like, unlock, like, the monkey faction. Like, there's a monkey ape army. And, like, there's, like, all these different animal factions or whatever. And all the different units are, like, a li- like, they're kind of, they kind of go into, like, archer, sword and shield, spearman, cleric, and then, like, special. Or, like, there's, like, a barbarian, too. And then, like, special. Like, so, I guess, like, bard. And then, like, there's some other, like, more, like, wildcard ones. But there's, like, this donkey... Barred character that has bagpipes that he farts into. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the bagpipes by like farting, and so he's like, bah, 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 like, and he farts into the bagpipes, and it like buffs your whole team or whatever. The Scottish it's such influence
1: a in go- gaming just now is just amazing. I know, right? right yeah, it's
2: peak peak <laughs> Scottish influence. Like, it's, it's like, oh, they f- they figured out how we actually play the bagpipes. They're on to us.
0: <laughs> They're on to
2: us, gents. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's so funny and goofy, but like. It's also definitely a game that, like, demands your attention. Like, you can chuck it down to easy and kind of just, like, have fun with it. And that's great that they have that accessibility here for you. Um, but, like, otherwise, like, it, there's some strategy here. Like, you can get in some some tight situations and you really got to pay attention. And I will say, like, if there is gameplay behind me for, for the video, um, the sort of layout can look kind of intimidating. Like, there's all these little icons down at the bottom. And you're like, what's really, like, going on here? But I, uh, I started up the tutorial it's called the Academy and it was like here's how you move and stuff like that I was like oh we're not doing this I don't have time for this so I was like "Let's just let's just get into a run like whatever whatever happens and I was surprised the onboarding for like I pretty much had a grasp of it like with my first two or three encounters so like I was able to get it and they sort of add on abilities and mechanics like as you go through a run um, and yeah, it was it was it was very welcoming. It wasn't super obtuse. Like every time I got an ability, I wasn't like, oh god, another thing I have to like figure out how to use or like learn. It was more like, oh that's cool. I could see how I could implement that. Like there's some utility there. And so like there's just so much cool stuff like with the archers, like you're using the strategy like, okay, I've got to get in position to where I can shoot them, but they can't shoot me. And then like you're using like the clericy, like bard type buff characters, and then like the positioning matters a lot, and then there's even like there's, like, a meta, like, fourth wall breaking thing where, like, basically, essentially what the premise is, is, like, you are a dude or a gal with a quill. And you're, like, drawing these inkulinati or whatever, uh, these little sprite guys or whatever to do battle. And then, like, somebody else is, like, with a pen, too, that's, like, also doing that. And so what you can do is actually, like, at the end of every turn, you can actually just, like put your hand on the screen just be like you f off like to like one of the no, enemies or whatever no. like if they're on the edge of the screen you can just be like push them off and they're like ah, and they like die or whatever <laughs> and like you can also like you can also like brush off your guy and like get rid of like a status ailment or whatever so you can like put your your hand on the screen or you can like draw like an obstacle to like get in the way of like your enemies and stuff so there's like a like a another layer like another dimension of it of like you're actually like the one Marionetting, controlling all the strings are like quite literally like with a with a quill and ink and to that end ink is actually your resource so in the top left corner there's like how much ink you have and it basically amounts to like action points and you can actually do things that will get you more ink for the next turn so you can draw a bunch of uh, troops like you can make another archer another sword guy or whatever to protect your like leader like you kind of have like a king piece which is like your character and you need to make sure that like they don't fall or like that'll be the end of your run your troops are like more or less expendable in that regard and so like you're trying to like make sure that you have enough ink as a resource to expend these action points to put troops on the map and then you tactically like move them around and attack the enemy and what you really want to do is either clear out the entire enemy destroyed the like source that like the enemies are coming out of like there'll be kind of like a like a like a hive or something like i had like one that was a literal beehive and bees just kept coming out it was super annoying but i ended up killing the beehive and then i just took out the remaining bees and i won or there's like another guy like there's like a, a it's totally not yoda it's definitely not yoda from star <laughs> wars looking character um that sort of like teaches you the ways of the Inklinati like oh draw them you must um <laughs> uh, and like you like you like take him out first um and then like at the end of the campaign it's death like death incarnate he's like a skeleton guy he's got like a gobbler where he's like yeah like whatever like the whole thing is very tongue in cheek. there's like stupid little dialogue that like doesn't matter but like you're like screw you i don't want to learn how to do that or like what it's like you know or it's like yes please teach me your ways master like it's just stupid like goofy dialogue and stuff and um yeah like the animations are goofy the the, um, the emoting is goofy and but the gameplay is like very actually tactical and strategic based it's just a great blend of like taking tactics and strategy turn based gameplay which like some can find kind of monotonous or obtuse or a little bit intimidating and like putting like a sheen of like a beautiful art style on that and then just like goofy like aesthetics and engaging dialogue and stuff. That's just like, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Clearly the writers here and the makers here, like have a good humorous side, like have some good comedic sense. And yeah, it's just a fun time. Um, I I give it like a nine out of 10. It's just a fantastic game. Unfortunately it has been in that early access. So it's not really hitting as like, this is a new release, you know, but um, I hope it gets some recognition as, like, one of the indie darlings of the year in spite of that. I don't know that it will, but it really deserves its flowers. It's, it's a fantastic game, and I, I, it's hard for me to think of, like, how much better indies could get than this this year. So I hope that people play it, and I think it's just a perfect game for the Switch or, like, the Steam Deck. Like, I was yeah. playing this in bed. It felt so cozy. felt so right. And yeah, it's the type of game where I looked up and I was like, "Oh crap, it's one a.m." Like, yeah, I was like, oh. I, was <laughs> like man, I, really want, I yeah, I really want to do like one more, one more chapter." Like, gosh, oh, I don't do I have time for it? And then I end up doing a chapter and beating the game because I was like, "Nah, man, I gotta finish it." So yeah, it's that type <laughs> of game. It feels it feels so compelling and engaging to play and just. Super, super prop, super shout out to Yaza Games for being able to do this. I hope they make another game that has an equally compelling aesthetic because they've got the gameplay down. I'd love to see what, what they put out next.
0: Good, good. Um, I want to talk about Pacific Drive because, Craig, I know you played the demo. Yes. Because I wouldn't you give you a bit guys a code.
2: I don't know what was up with that. <laughs>
1: I was way late, way way late. I've been bogged down with that many games and then work. And Donny, you had message saying about Pacific Drive, and I was like, "Yeah, that's coming out soon." And then by the time I messaged them, <laughs> they were like, "They went out like a week ago." It's like, cool. Oh, no bother. Shit. Um, I mean, see. To be honest, like, I just, I. It was a blessing in disguise because I I would have jumped in, but I've got like a bunch of games ongoing at the moment, so. I enjoyed the demo. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll segue into your experience of the full game. Um, no, I want
2: I want you to talk first because this is like, oh god, this, so, this game is I, I, interesting.
1: Yeah, so I hadn't really followed it much in the preview footage. So when I jumped into the demo, I wasn't really Same. I wasn't really aware of what to expect. I had what of- What was your idea of what this game
2: was going to be? I'm very curious because I, I was thinking like more of a like scenic evocative reflective like kind of like firewatch but like more ominous macabre like maybe a little bit of like neon noir elements like and I, like I'm driving and there's like yeah. isolation and loneliness and it's just the voice over the speaker talking to me and I've got to get from here to there, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm driving, and I'm in the Pacific. Like that yeah. was kind of the the
1: feeling that I had, and like that is not what this game is. No, at all no, and I also for some reason, and again, this is on me, I guess, for not looking at the preview footage. I thought you were the car, like when you started getting out and moving about. I was like, all right, I didn't realize there was <laughs> you're the, like Lightning uh, McQueen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I, I thought it was like a skull and bones on land situation, and like I I just. I don't know. Like, I didn't expect the mechanic elements. I didn't expect... I, I don't know. It was It was totally different. It was way more in-depth than I was expecting as well. Like, just sort of to start out and it's like, okay, get into the car. Now put it in out of um, park into drive. Turn the key. Like, oh, you need fuel. You need to put your fuel can away in and, and the registered holster. You need to... Yeah. Like, it was just, now you've got a burst tyre. And I was oh, like,
2: oh, you don't have any room in your inventory. Yeah, Better move some stuff around.
1: Yeah, I just I didn't realise it was as in-depth. And like so for the purposes of the demo, I wanted to play the game as intended, but I did see from the settings that there was quite a lot of accessibility options. So it seemed like they were like They right.
2: disable achievements though. Do they, they disable oh, trophies? Right, okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so you can like make it to where it's not like piss off. Uh, yeah uh quality of life level okay but then they're like oh you're not gonna get trophies though right so i can't you do, do that, that. like no you've got to
1: suffer like the rest of us no no i need yeah. the, I, I need the digital trinkets like i've got yeah, I've exactly got, i've got to have yeah. them but yeah so <laughs> so
2: how how would you describe this game like generalized like what is it like what type of game is this like what is the loop like what are you doing because it's not what we were talking about of like, oh, it's like a walking sim, but you're in a car and it's like reflective and evocative and like that like very like mystery narrative based. Like it's not that at all. So, so like I wanna see how you would describe it and then I'll get into obviously I was able to spend a lot more time with yeah. it because I had the full game in hand.
1: So from the small amount I played, and again maybe this won't be representative of the full game, but it seemed almost like a scavenging simulator. Like you you mm-hmm. you're going about and you're trying to scavenge for parts. Like I spent half an hour repairing a door for I think it was my (laughs) passenger side back back passenger side door and I'm like I don't even care about this door but it was like half an hour and I needed so much different equipment to fix this door and at certain points I was just like I'll just go without the door but it wouldn't they wouldn't let you obviously um because this was sort of the tutorial area but yeah it seems more inventory management and Yes, scavenging. Uh, I, I, the one thing, see the one thing that threw me the most was when, and again, I don't know if the demo was the exact beginning of the game. I think it was. But I got to a garage and I had to fix up my car. And that's when I changed the wheel and I had, to, I had to create this door to put on. And then after that, it was like, right, we're going to set off on our journey. And I drove about... Three hundred yards, and then it fast traveled me to the next area. And I, I don't know. I thought you would be exploring and you driving around. You yeah. thought you
2: would drive uh-huh.
1: through the Pacific, right? Yes. Like you yeah. thought
2: you would like duh, 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 and like it's a long drive, and uh-huh. you gotta get there. And like, oh, I'm out of fuel. I gotta get. No, uh-huh. it's like it's like Monster Hunter World or something, where it's like, all right, you're gonna deploy, and then yeah. you're just freaking it's the starfield thing right that, of like that, i will uh, go to yes. this planet br- oh you're there oh wow uh-huh. it's like i'm in a car like why am i not yep. driving the car to the pl- like oh that, my that God. was the
1: that was the bit that completely confused me that when i went, blew when my i went out, like uh-huh. i was like no way i just drove no forward way. and it came out onto a map and it said right where do you want to go and i, I was like oh my just i thought i was just setting a waypoint and i would still drive to that place but no yeah. it was like you set the waypoint and a loading screen and then it loaded up and I was there. And I'm like, so is this just a bunch of small hubs? Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. Because uh, I wasn't sure you if that have, was indicative of so the full garage,
2: game. You have your garage hub and then yeah, like they're they're called zones. And like it shows it like a road that goes from zone to zone, but mm-hmm. you don't drive down that road. so odd. You don't so drive down odd. that road. Yeah, you just go to the zone and then you're
1: there. Pacific fast travel. Like,
2: yeah, and then you're not really like, dri- <laughs> like you are driving in the zone, but it's like you drive, like you just like rock up to the like next shack or whatever, and you're like, all Let right, that. time to turn, time to turn the car off, put it in park, turn the car off, because I got to do that every freaking time. Yeah. Get out of the car. Oh, what's around here? Oh, there's a- there's a locker in here. Oh, I'm gonna take that. Oh, whatever. And yep. then oh, there's a there's a derelict car right there. It's all rusty. And- get my buzz saw out. <sighs> <laughs> oh I need to oh, get the, get this side too Vroom all right pick everything up 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 pick up. oh uh, you don't have room for that Fuck. okay uh, all right i'll go drop this stuff off in the back of my car all right go over there all right um i'll move this over all right i okay, had that's health packs fit in just there. discarded like all
1: over the place <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like i wasn't losing health okay. but i was i felt like i needed other stuff so just health packs <laughs> flung left and right and center
2: yeah i've, I've gotta i've got to do the resident evil mini game yep. move this here and then stick that there and like whatever Up and I'll <laughs> I got. Oh, this one's really big. That looks important. Better yeah. find room for that. Whatever. All right. I guess I'll get back in the car now. All right. Get back in the drive, drive down feet. the road. Out. Oh, there's another uh, building. I'll park it. Okay. I'm gonna get out. it looks like a can salvage. Salvage that. Pick all that up off the ground. Like, and I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, what Pacific? Buzzsaw, like Pacific yep. Scavenge, like you know, like whatever. So it, so it
1: does just continue like that then, because I was wondering yeah. if, the, if the demo wasn't really indicative of the full game. But it that sounds, is the game. That is so strange. And
2: uh, yeah, there is. So there's more. There is. There is a Firewatch type of narrative here, and it gets better. From what I understand, like you didn't get to Cappy, right? Which is like this anomaly in in. <sighs> No, not really the sky. I guess it's like up in the air. Like it's probably like 20 feet in the air and you like drive off the edge of this like I guess it's like a bridge, but it's like you know it's like an overpass highway, but it's like broken. No, so I you think just drive there. you just drive off of this overpass highway and there's like a break in it, like a cliff edge and you drive into the anomaly. Okay. And like there's like some lore and story about that and the lady that talks to you and the guys that talk to you are like the lady's telling you to do it, and the guy's like, oh, I don't know, and, like, whatever, and, like, and you do do it, and, like, you survive, and, like, basically, I guess the lore and the narrative is, like, all this stuff happened back in the 1960s, which was basically, like, I guess the U.S.'s version of, like, a miniature form of, like, Chernobyl or something. Okay. So you've got, like, this irradiated space where it's kind of, like, I guess for people that have played control, like, the Bureau of Control has, like, all this little, like, like, it has, like, that department of, like, Uh uh, like anomaly objects or like the refrigerator that's alive or there was that really interesting sub story where like there's like this guy that like has to keep looking at a refrigerator or a lamp or I can't remember (laughs) what it was and like if he looks away like it's supposedly going to eat him and you think it's fake like you like you're like there's no way this is real like obviously this guy and they set it up like with comedic timing too of like clearly this guy is just like sitting here afraid of nothing and he's like afraid to blink and he can't pee And that's, like, irony. And, like, I think you come back later and he's, like, dead because it did eat him. And you're like, no way. Like, And you're like, (laughs) this, like, refrigerator, like, actually eats people. It kind of feels a little bit like that. Like, there's this zone with, like, some weird paranormal phenomenon stuff going on. And you've got these three people, like, talking to you over the radio that, like – they're kind of like the weirdo, like prepper people that, like, you know, maybe go out with a metal detector and like try to find stuff like underground and like what, it, like, 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 like they're very, um, fixated kind of nerdy people. And so they've been like studying these, these readings in this like irradiated area and they're trying to figure out like what happened in the late 1950s, early 1960s. And they have basically been able to figure out that there are these things called remnants, which are kind of similar to the like, whatever in control, they labeled these kind of anomaly type objects, like these weird objects that are like tagged or whatever for study. And these remnants are like, they're objects that manifest in the form of mundane things, but they're really like from another dimension or like universe or something. And they're otherworldly in that regard. And what they do is they, they form like a bond or like they latch on to a human being. And then they actually like, drive the human being insane or something like that's okay. essentially the gist of what I've gotten um from playing it and from them talking to me about it over the radio and so essentially like the main narrative hook of this story is that you've found this car which it looks like a car like you you find it you assume it's just been abandoned here or whatever but it hasn't it's manifested from this other place And so it's really like this otherworldly anomaly and it's come in the form of a car. And so it's lashed itself onto you and you're sort of bonded to it in a metaphysical type of way. And so it's basically like they're telling you in like an ominous kind of like, hey, don't not to be a downer or anything, but like all of our research shows that the car is actually going to make you go insane. And I guess it's implied that you might like unalive yourself or something as a result of that. Something bad will happen to you if you don't fix it. And you're also like stuck in this zone for unknown reason. Like, I guess it's kind of like a, um, like it's kind of like in movies where there's like a maze or whatever and like you can't leave or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's kind of like that. Like, you, if you just went to the outer bounds of this area, you just get turned around and you would mm-hmm. just be back in it somehow. Like, you just go on a circle, you'd end up at the same place. So, this kind of walled off area, it's almost like a Area 51 or something like that in the Pacific Northwest you're kind of stuck in there. And so it's like these people that have been researching it that are like overly obsessed with it and have some sort of history with it are guiding you and directing you and giving you their perspective and their backstory on what's going on. And they're like, maybe we can help you. Like maybe you can be the first one to break this cycle. You can break the sort of latch on um, bond that this thing has on you and you'll be able to get out, and somehow that involves, like, making a better car? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't really know how that goes back into the gameplay loop, but I will say that, like, the narrative, even if it's not directly connected to the gameplay, is compelling enough that maybe I want, like, you want to find out more as you're playing along.
1: But th- that was the one thing I was thinking during the demo. Was yeah. I, th- I feel like this game is going to be make or break based on the narrative because it's going so to, have say to have no. that narrative pool, Is it not? It's oh. not.
2: What it's you're not thinking is that the narrative. League. What you think is the narrative will save it? It won't. Okay. You are either in for this crafting, survival, resource scavenging bullcrap, or you're not. Right. And I will say, like the first three hours of this game are just like, you know, you're like, oh, God, can this, can you make this any easier on me? Like, can I just, I just want to, I just want to go over here, or I just want to get that thing, and like, I don't know how to do this, and you're making it very hard, like you said, to make this door. I don't have what I need, or I can't fit this in the box, and I need to fit this so I have more space to move this from over here, or whatever, and the game's just like, ah, fuck off like you know like just like yeah figure it out like whatever you know um and like you're just like okay fine i'll go f myself then and i'll figure it out and i think if you're willing to do that and you're like okay i'll run some more missions i'll go out there i'll see what this bizarro land game that just says quality of life chuck it in the bin you're not getting any of that here. What What are you about, game? Like, what's going on? And, like, when I figured out, like, oh, I am reviewing this for y'all because y'all didn't get a code, that put me in a different mindset of, like, no, we're doing this. Because, initially, I was DMing Donnie, and I was like, I don't know if you guys want me to review this, because, like, I kind of <laughs> hate it. Like, I don't think this is a good game. Uh, all, opinions think, are,
1: all opinions are valid.
2: I, I think Indeed. this game is, like, is, like, trying to insult me and in my time. And then I played it more and I did a, I did another excursion or like whatever you call it. Like you go out into the zone and then you extract, which the extraction is really, really cool. Like did you do like one after the initial one where like they don't handhold you? Because the first one, which you probably experienced in the demo, they're like, okay, you're going to go pick up these things. And then when you pick it up, there's going to be like a timer and like you got to get out before the timer's over. And they kind of like no. walk you through it. So you don't really feel, like, the tension. Okay. But, like, I was just, like, in the zone later on. And I didn't even pull the, like, the thing off the thing, you know, that, like, destabilizes the world or whatever. That then, like, makes it to where... Or, no, you pull those off and you charge your car and you say, all right, I'm going to activate the gateway. And then when you activate it, the beam comes out of the sky and you got to drive into it. And the Fortnite storm, like, starts closing in on you, right? Like, I know you experienced that at least once. Like, probably in like a tutorialization of it after that there's just like an alarm that goes off like it's like I don't know like Soviet Russia or something or like what like you're in like the irradiated zone or it seems like it's like Metro like from the Metro series or something it's just like <laughs> or whatever and you're like what is that like what's going on there's like an echo or whatever and then like the 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 like irradiated walls just start like closing in on you, you're you like oh shit i gotta go and you're like turning on the car or whatever and like i kid you Fumbling not like i keys. yeah like i'm like yeah i got put it go get in park i gotta go you're like and you're out of gas you're like i gotta find gas or like whatever like if you stay in there too long doing your podunk stupid resource scavenging thing um you got to get out of there, and the extraction yeah. is really intense. I I hate that I'm not gonna have enough time. I don't think to put out a video review on the channel. I'll probably just end up doing like these po- this podcast review, um, and and the written review, obviously, which will be up on the site by the time people hear this. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, like I have such good footage of I am just hauling ass to get out <laughs> of this out. zone like everything <laughs> is closed like i mean like everything's like burning up around me my guy's taking health damage and i'm just like like trying to get into this beam of light and i just i drive into it and i just go and he just like throws me into the side of the garage door like i, I warp to the garage you know i'm just like like and i crash in and i'm like oh, oh all right i made it back and i think that's the the point at which i was like oh, okay. Okay, I get what's going on here, okay. and then I like I, I go to the R and D hub like at the garage, and it's like I can R and D now because I got like p- ex like points I guess from going out like I I don't know where you even get them from, but you get like points that you can use to R and D, and like now I've got like armored doors and stuff that I've developed. I know I got the blue pants, and I know how to make them now, so I, my car looks totally different from the way that it looked before. And so it's like, okay, I get it. So I go out there into the zone. I don't get to drive there. It's not like a driving, you know, uh, resource management. Like I got to make sure my car has fuel, like whatever game. That's not what we're doing here. It's not a trek road trip type of, you know, point A to point B game. It's not Death Stranding. That's not do you, what we're do doing. Do you think
1: it would be better if it was? I'd like it
2: better, I think. Yeah. But it'd be a lot more time-consuming. Yeah, so I don't that's know. true. It, it's it's a, it's a loop. It's like an hour loop of, okay, I, I know where I'm going. I'm deploying here. I'm going to go out there. It's a little bit procedurally generated. It, it kind of gives you a layout of, like, here's what's going on in this zone right now, like, before you plot where you're going to depart to. And so it gives you an idea of, like, here's the, like, con- conditions. Like, it kind of tells you, like, what the procedural generator engine is probably, like, calculating you know it's like yeah it's it's hot there's a lot of enemies there and it's like a little bit unstable so you might have less time or it's really stable you have a lot of time and the enemies are like pretty low level or like whatever and you can kind of just decide where you want to go and it'll also tell you i think like how good the resources you can get are and so you're like okay i'm gonna go out there to that zone and you deploy and you're podunking around and you're trying to get stuff this is like after you complete all the narrative stuff cuz the narrative it gives you stuff to do. Like the narrative is like go here, go to the top of this tower, set this thing up because it's going to give us readings or whatever or drive over here into the anomaly thing like I talked about. Like after you finish all that mission structure, then it's more about like I'm going to deploy here, I'm doing a run, I'm going out there, I'm going to try and get as much good shit as I can possibly get to br- to bring a haul back to my garage to do all this R&D to Put stuff on my car. and Now it's like an armored, you know, uh, Humvee basically or like whatever, you know, and you're like building up this car, building up all this R&D to make the car better. And so you're going out there and you're like, let me get all the stuff I can get. Let me get all the stuff I can get, like trying to traverse, cover all the ground, cover the whole map, scavenge everything, break down everything, pick everything up. Now you're getting better materials because, you know, you're progressing through the game. So the stuff that's dropping is better. You can you now have blueprints where you can take those more mundane, like, plastics and gears and, like, whatever. And you can turn that into better stuff now because you have all this crafting ability. So even the stuff before, you're like, this is just fabric. Well, now the fabric, you can make something, like, pretty, like, high level out of that. So you're going out there trying to get as much stuff as you can. And then you hear the... And you're like oh man, I, I don't have much time left. And then you're like, okay, what do I do? Do I, uh, there's still a building over there. And I, and one major accessibility thing that I turned on that I think is game changing is I can see loot through walls. Like I made okay. loot like it shines, it gleams, it glows like yellow. So I can see loot anywhere. As long as I'm like, I have to be within 100 yards of it or whatever. I can't imagine playing this game without doing it. I would hate going in a building and be like, where's the loot? I don't know. Whatever. I, I beeline for it, pick it up, Huge quality of life thing. It didn't turn off trophies.
1: So I right. turned that on. Okay, so that um, one doesn't do it.
2: No, it doesn't. There's like a there's like an accessibility thing and then there's like a you're a cheater list, <laughs> basically. <laughs> sure so enough. like the the stuff in the like accessibility is like colorblindness and stuff like that. Yeah. So I turned I turned that one on. Um, and that helped a lot. I don't know if you got if you didn't have like did you have any indicator of where like toolboxes or loot or anything was that you just had to find not, it not in the
1: demo you just had to find it yeah and it, oh, was, that's it awful. was yeah it was quite that's awful uh, yeah i
2: can't imagine oh god i can't imagine playing the game i might have to put, i might have to like go back and put something in the review about that like turn this on cuz holy crap if you don't have this on so i know where i'm going i'm i pull up to the shack and i'm like i see there's five things in there i got to go open them it very much makes things a little more like we're on a mission we're getting stuff done mm-hmm. And so, like, that being the case, it's like, oh, there's this other area map with, like, it looks like it's two shacks and a gas station or whatever. But the alarm just sounded. I probably got, like, 15 minutes. Do I go over there? Because I haven't even charged up the car with the, like, little orb, the power orbs things.
1: Yeah. So, like, do I go over there
2: and get the stuff? Mm -hmm. Do I have time? Or do I have to go get the power orbs and charge the thing and activate the gateway and get the heck out of here? Because I don't want to lose all my shit. So it's like, and that's when it starts getting tense of like, "Ah, I'll just, I'll just loot one more area. I'll just break down one more car, you know, or whatever. And Mm -hmm. you're really pushing that, pushing that boundary of like how, and so that one where I had to haul ass to get out. I mean, when I tell you like on the map, like literally it was just like red border, like right around my little icon, like on the map, like as I was leaving, like there was no more time. And like, Mm -hmm. that felt like really cool. And to get back with like a really big haul, and be able to use that to make my car better. I was like, "Oh, that's what the game is," and that's all it is. Like, don't go on this being like, "Oh, I don't really like that," but uh, the narrative might no. Don't do it. Go play Firewatch. Go play The Invincible. You know, go play one of those walking simulator type games. This is not the game for you. You've got to be on board for that Death Stranding type of start out with very limited capability, Slow and run. then you are yeah, you are building upon it, and you're making your gameplay better by going out and doing the hard work and then coming back, and then now that's not so hard. And the fun part is feeling how not hard that is now and how cool it is that you're able to do all these things. And that's where this game shines, and that's where why I think I'm in, ending up um, giving it a 7 on the Pure Dead gaming site because that loop at its core is good. Mm-hmm. As uninviting and unwelcoming as this game is, and it, it really doesn't help with quality of life, and the inventory management is just... Mundane and pedestrian, and the loop is a little bit repetitive and rote. At a certain point, you're like, I do want to go out again. I want to see, like, what can I got upgrade? Me. What can I upgrade when I get back? Like, and what am I going to experience? Because there is variance. Like, I've encou- i'm like, I've encountered, like, even six, seven, eight hours in. I encounter like new enemies that I hadn't seen before like weird robot stuff and like whatever and so like and you can go into zones that are like radioactive and like not safe you know if you want to try that because your car is souped up enough to do that so there's there's different things you can explore but it, it's very self imposed like, it, like you've got to be like, I want to go do this. I want to go do this today. Or I want to, I've never been in an irradiated zone with the car. Is my car ready for that? Let's see if this type of tech that I have put on the car, if that will help me there. Or if I'm just going to have to turn around and leave because I'm like, I can't even breathe. I'm dying. Or like, whatever. Like, you have to kind of go figure that out. And that might be annoying. Because you get out there and you're like, oh, yep, I got I to gotta go back. Because I'm effed. You know, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't hold your hand. You're going to have those moments where you're like, frick. Okay, well, um I'm up a hill without, you know, without what I need, you know, or whatever, and you just kind of you're like, "Well, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to deal with that." And that's sort of where it is. It's very much a kind of engineer mindset. How do I tackle this problem? And if you're not there for that and you're not going to self-impose that on yourself of like, "I am going to do another run." Why? I don't know. Maybe I can do something cool with the car when I get back. If you're not there for that, yeah, this game is not going to be for you and I will be I am eager to see what reviews look like tomorrow because I don't think people are ready for what type of game this is. I'm thinking sevens and eights. I think it's going to find, hopefully, the right people review it. I think it's going to find the right audience. I think there's going to be a group of people out there that just think this is the best. Freaking game that was ever made of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. there's gonna be you're, that survival You're relying
0: core. on survival fans, yes, playing and reviewing this. Mm-hmm. Anyone who and doesn't like a survival game is not going to enjoy it. With the it. car
2: and all that, and the narrative nuance, and mechanic the, simulator, the, there's just like cool shit. Like in this game, like just like I don't know. You just like what is going on over there? Or like whatever. <laughs> and there's like a just a level of intrigue and 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 ominousness and that whole so whole sort of thing with like the control kind of parallel with the the anomalies and stuff that we were talking about at the top of this and just yeah that is captivating it makes it more captivating to me than an ark survival evolved or a rust or whatever which is very bare bones like i hit the wood i build the thing you know and it has that gameplay loop that improves and improves and improves utility wise so there's a lot of gameplay here, there's a lot of depth here, and um, that's probably all we should say Good. on that, because we talked at length.
0: <laughs> well, my turn to talk now, and I'm going to keep this brief before we start the news. We've got two talking points, but I just want to quickly talk about Hell Helldivers, um, because I'm 16 never heard of it. No, if you're not on Twitter, you've not heard of it either. I'm I'm 65 hours in already, um, and it's the only game I want to play, and it's the only game that I care about. For those that haven't played it, essentially, it's got a very basic loop, but don't take that as a negative. It's effectively landing on a planet which is pre-generated, and you have a, a goal of getting from A to B. And the goal you have will depend on which mission you choose. And there's there's a variety of different ones there. And around you will be various sort of side quests and, and outposts you need to either, you know destroy or whatever. Um, and then at the end of that, once you do it all, you want to try and extract before the hordes get you. Um, the gameplay loop is absolutely fantastic. Like you literally feel like you're in a movie when you have enemies around you pounding you shooting you you have explosions going off you might have hellfire raining down on you you might have in my case the there a day playing with lono him shooting you in the face or in my case throwing grenades at my teammates and all hell can just break loose and the game for a game that's double a it n- no point feels like a double a game this game reeks of treble a all the way through it from its lighting to its sound, the visuals, the gameplay. I know it took. Like I think said it was seven years to make. We should do appreciate that there's going to be budgets involved in that. But a team of a hundred people have just made an incredible, incredible game. Um, when you're when you're kind of like running around your map, trying to obviously uh, you know kill kill beasts, kill robots, trying to avoid your friends throwing things at you. You know you you get in this sort of real tough mindset of where you're trying to. Maybe try and bring some of your 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 squad in that you've either you've killed or they have killed. you try to launch stratagems which are you know can be sort of various orbital strikes or it could be try to bring in a turret and you effectively have to Type in a code on your D-pad for each one of these, and it's on your screen. You, you bring up what stratagem you want to you want to release. So when you're when you're running and you're being chased, or you're in the middle of a gunfight, and you're trying to type in what's basically a fucking Mortal Kombat kill code. It's um, it does get extremely frantic and extremely tough, and you feel like that that adrenaline rush when you type it in wrong and you fail, and you have to start again. And you're trying to avoid being shot from behind. It's uh, yeah, it, it, it's such a fun game. Yes, it can be played solo. But it's much better in um, in squads, playing with sort of three, four people. Luckily, we've got a core of about fifteen people now. I think they're all playing it, so we, you know, we're never we're never stuck for squads. Um, as you sort of progress in the game, you can then kind of, as you level up. You unlock more either from the battle pass itself, or you can then unlock more stratagems to get more powerful. And you can then effectively create different builds, because as you increase the difficulty, you want to start being a bit smarter and start thinking about your builds, where you might have someone with you who takes a supply backpack. Because again, as the levels get up... Ammo gets very, very tough. And when one of your stratagems you've always got is a, is a um, resupply, that's on a three-minute cooldown, I think, a two or three-minute cooldown. So if you run out of ammo you're out, that's it. So, again, one of our guys always brings a backpack in, so then we've got supply off of him, just giving us a little boost. So you want to try and play around with these sort of different builds, and you know, and again, one of the other guys, he's got an armor which gives him extra stims so he can heal us as well as himself. So all these little things start to play a part, and you're almost trying to figure out what's the best combination of offense and defense to then do whatever your goal is. Not every goal is the same. Um so it just becomes this real fun well, fun combination of gameplay that you have to try and figure out. And you won't always get it right, especially as, as the as the levels go up. There's times you're like, yeah, we completely made an arse of that because someone brought in they might have only brought in one wrong thing and it screws the entire the entire gameplay. So um Absolutely loving it. There's a lot more to come. It is worth saying and it's worth pointing out because it shouldn't get a pass. But just because it's a it's a it's a Sony or PlayStation game, the the servers are absolutely on fire, as as most people know. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's a good problem to have. The game has sold clearly too many copies. They didn't budget for it. After day two, it sold about a million copies. It sounds like they budgeted for half a million and. Since then, it's gone. I mean, the Steam concurrence are sitting at 400,000. The servers can't take it. Like I said, it is a good problem to have, but at the same time, it's frustrating because it took me 45 minutes to get on the other day. Um, and I know, as at this moment in time, people are struggling to get on, and that doesn't seem to be a quick fix for the, just buy more server space. Not how it works, okay? Not how it works. There's an interesting,
1: uh, There was an interesting thing that I saw online that apparently there's no auto-kick. So they were saying no. that pe- people have been just leaving their console. Like if they managed to get into game, they've just been leaving their console on, and it's almost holding their rest space. Mode. Aye, yes. which is that's a a bit of an oversight. But again, obviously they weren't they weren't they, they
0: weren't expecting. No. It. no, they did not expect this because if they did, they'd have, they'd have had, they would have anticipated more server space. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's it's a victim of its own success, and unfortunately, what you've seen in the last sort of three days is as that Steam concurrent has risen that steam score is dropping almost in parallel with it and i, I saw yesterday it was down to like 70 percent, which i think was up at 80 so it's kind of people are going well fuck this and and they are responding negatively even though they're aware of what's happening so i there's that yeah sort of, i haven't seen that in the in the
2: console space at all that must be these these gross pc gamers yeah space. there's these i think, these, these I think PC with the is, yeah. with the people that are on playstation like they're like oh okay like i I don't see anybody blaming them for, like, no. if, you have, if you have half a brain cell, you understand that there's no way that a little $40 game they would have expected to have all these people. So, like...
0: It's insane. You know, it's it not like Diablo insane.
2: 4 where it's like it launches. You're like, why can't I get in the game? Like, I think mm-hmm. everybody... Is or at least should be like oh like this makes sense like they're they at capacity and that's good that that's good for the health of the game like I think most people recognize that and also like if people get annoyed and they leave then it just means that it's easier for the people that do you know, have <laughs> yeah. any the amount of patience stick to get around. in yeah so yeah. I think th- I think they'll I don't see the game suffering as a result of it I think they'll stay at whatever their capacity is because people do want to play it and I don't yeah. see like if if they're close to capacity but they're not full, people will be able to get in, right? So, like, yeah, I they're just going to lose people that would be able to get in anyway, and then they'll just be able to have the maximum number of people. Like, I don't see how they would lose, you know, people to where they would go down to, like, 300,000 or whatever because, like, oh, it's hard to get in. Well, it's not now because you left, you know? So yeah. I don't see that being a pervasive problem for them, and they're only going to try to expand more and more which is great to see right because we just had so many layoffs so hopefully they hire a bunch of talent out there to like help with this stuff
0: yeah i mean it's 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 one of the sort of it's one of the positives out of it they've said that you know they've they've tweeted out saying this and they're looking for people to um to bolster the numbers they're looking to um to hire people for because they're, they're what they're saying is is that they want to have new content of varying degrees of of size and scope every second thursday i think they said um which is a tall order but mm-hmm. there's so much from hell divers one that they've barely even touched yet you know and and what they can do is because this game is is live service they can literally treat it like a live tabletop game and that on thursday last week they literally just announced oh the um the 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 robot faction have pushed further towards super earth and it's now became a sort of a global um a, a global campaign where we're kind of as all the players kinda of need to kind of stick together because if we literally we as the gamers lose this that will affect the long term success of the game so it actually becomes That's a cool. focused effort we all now have to forget about the bugs if you're playing against the bugs forget you need to turn back you need to come over here because we've got an issue that we will lose ground in this global war of this sort of live game that is very very cool that they can do that and just switch it like that so i do like that and and it's these things that kept hell divers one going granted you know hell divers one at it's peak had like six and a half thousand on steam at its peak you know, and we're now hitting four hundred thousand for Helldivers Divers two. So, for anyone that's saying, "Oh, buy more server space," that's what they were up against. It's unbelievable. Um, loving it. Can't wait to play more. Chances are, when we finish here tonight, I won't get on anyway. So, um, <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> Fall asleep waiting. <laughs> Most likely, most likely. Um, guys, listen. Two talking points here, um, which we need to we need to run through. And first one, Sony financials. Before we speak about that wonderful Xbox announcement that we got last week, which obviously does affect PlayStation as well. I have got a bit of blurb to read, and I'm going to come to you guys. I'll tackle the first bit, which is around hardware. You guys maybe have comments yourselves, but I'll just read out my blurb because that's what podcasts. Are. That's what podcast hosts do. Um, Sony's financials came out and from Games Industry Got Biz, we got this text. Sony shipped 8.2 million PlayStation 5 units in the three months ending 31st December. Quarter three for the company, the all-important holiday quarter, which is an improvement on the 7.1 million units in the same quarter last year. In total, 16.4 million units have been shipped since the company's fiscal year began in April. Adding Calendar Quarter 1 units and 22.7 million PS5s were shipped in 2023. An interesting tidbit here though is the suggestion that the PlayStation 5 shipped more units in 2023 than the series S and X have shipped since their launch in 2020. Interim CEO Hiroki Totoki did announce the previous targets of 25 million units for the fiscal year won't be achieved and will will instead be reduced to a paltry 21 million. Monthly active users for the PlayStation network were up to 123 million by the end of the quarter, up from 112. Once again, no word on the number of PS Plus users, although expectations are that has dropped. In Sony's Quarter 3, 89.7 million units of full games were sold, of which 16.2 million were first party titles. This total is higher than the 86.5 million games sold in in the previous quarter, but first party sales were down from 21 million, that of course being the Ragnarok effect. However, it looks like PlayStation fans will be waiting a long time for their next blockbuster hit. According to VGC, Sony president, interim boss Hiroki Totoki told investors during an earnings call that there will be no new entries from established IP until April 2025. Oh no, no more games apparently. (laughs) He said, and quote, while major projects are currently under development, we do not plan to release any new major existing franchise titles next fiscal year, like God of War Ragnarok and Marvel Spider-Man 2. Totoki also addressed the topics of titles and profitability by saying, in the past, we wanted to popularise consoles and first-party titles' main purpose was to make the console popular. And this is true. But there's a synergy to it. So if you have strong first-party content, not only are consoles but other platforms like computers, a first-party game can be grown with multi-platform and can help another operating profit to improve. So that's another one we want to proactively work on. I personally think there are opportunities out there for improvement on margin, so I'd like to go aggressive on improving our margin performance. And breathe. Okay, listen... A lot there, and it's been much maligned on Twitter and, and, and Console Wars in the last in the last a week or so. The one thing that I wanted to tackle before I pass it on to you guys is the is the hardware reduction from 25 to 21. I think everyone felt that the 25 million originally was utterly ridiculous. To put that into context, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 4 never once hit 25 million in the fiscal year. So it was kind of a nonsense total. I think most people felt anyway. But still, if they managed 21 million is is the second highest they've ever achieved, so it's a huge huge um number of p s five units units shipped. I think what we're seeing clearly is though when they sell eight million eight point three million in the quarter what's obviously happened is is that i think the the world economy's bitten. And the fact that you can walk into any retailer, any store, and you can get as many PS5s as you want. There's clearly abundance of PS5 inventory sitting at stores, and naturally, they need to shift them before they can buy more. Because again, you know these these PlayStation Five units that they've sold they are not sell through; they're just selling to retailers. So, yeah, I think clearly, you know, economy's biting, people aren't buying like they were, and naturally, that's 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 the uh, the recourse. So, I don't really think there's there's much to say. Um, regarding hardware unless you two have anything more to say about that but um, what obviously what interesting tidbits came out of all this and and what interesting conversations came where there's apparently no games coming this year Craig (laughs) no PlayStation games this year apparently I would fucking take that to be honest. Like that would that would that would do me nicely. Yeah, I don't like, want them. See if someone just went,
1: we're putting a halt on every new game for a year and just let us all catch up. Fine. Do it. <laughs> Go for it. Knock yourself out. That wouldn't that wouldn't affect me at all. But I mean look, obviously we've got loads of games coming. Um there's no one no one, no matter what genre you like, you're not gonna be hurting for quality titles. Yeah. It's it's obviously in terms of first party going to be a bit of a down year, but we knew that going in. Like I feel like the the weird thing was that it seemed like news to people, and it seemed like news to people that I felt should have known better. I'm like, are you paying attention at all? Like it was it we
0: weren't what were you expecting? Were they expecting
1: I, d- I, I don't know? I war. don't know what they were expecting. I, know. I, I
0: don't know. know. What you thought you thought God of War Egypt was coming after three years. <laughs> I do think God,
2: no Ghost 2. Is surprising. I would say that's the one. That's the one that people probably were thinking that goes to Tsushima two. That's the whatever's... one that I think was
1: closest. Jay. Yeah, I was when we were did the twenty twenty four preview and I looked at Sony and I thought I don't think they've. My sort of take was I don't think they have a big fall game, but if they do, it would be it would be Ghost of Tsushima two. I think that will be twenty twenty five. Like it can't be too far off. I don't think but yeah.
2: And uh, I forget did the Insomniac leaks have a game coming out in 2024?
1: No.
0: No. no. They just okay. said obviously they're working on follow-up games to Spider-Man 2. Because I know Marvel's
2: Venom was
1: going to be
0: 2025.
2: Venom. Yeah. So when does Wolverine come out? If it's now? 26.
1: 26 they said. Because uh, the, 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 okay. there was rumours that going back last year that it was going to be a 2024 game which seemed like an absolute stretch. But no. yeah, in the in the documents it said they are planning for it in 2026.
2: That is a little bit surprising that the Venom game isn't coming out this year, because it will presumably come out in fall, because their games always come out in fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so next fall is a long time for a spin-off game. I guess they really yeah. To I, I
0: would right. never have expected that after twelve months anyway. Depends on the length of it. You know? I
1: suppose if it's more of a like yeah, a standalone DLC gonna... or yeah, a yeah, like guess a full game.
2: I guess Morales came out two years later, didn't it?
0: Yeah. Two. Yeah.
2: Or did it?
1: 20, when did the consoles
2: launch? 19 or 20?
1: 20, 20. So it was yeah, it was two years after. Okay. 18, 2018 was Spider-Man and 2020 was Miles Morales, yeah. And okay. then three years after that for Spider-Man So it'll, so it'll be the, it'll be the same Jean cadence.
2: As well. Yeah, it'll be the same cadence then. So the Venom game will come two years after. Which I'm excited about that. That should be really cool. Yeah, but, um, yeah. No, I I I don't understand how this has been conflated as I mean I guess it's just console war bullcrap, but um this has been conflated as like no PlayStation exclusives and it's like, dude, have you like <laughs> looked at the like calendar for the year? Like we've got Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, um, Final uh, Fantasy Seven F- next week, Final Fantasy Seven, Foam Stars, Helldivers Two, Pacific Rise of Drive, Ronin. Rise of the Ronin, Stellar, Stellar Blade. Blade. Like that's uh seven right there. And there's probably yeah. some that I'm that I'm forgetting. You guys uh, I don't know if you guys realize, but yeah, Pacific Drive is console exclusive yep. to PlayStation. Yeah. So um yeah, I don't know where this perception is coming yeah. from. There's it was it was an easy
0: any... it was an easy headline and the likes of VGC and that, they knew what they were doing. They wrote the headlines um, they're they're from Yal the right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: You got, and the, go, they're there, they're one go, of the better. Go tell ones. Tell them what's what.
0: Yeah, go, they're go, one of the better ones, but they all know what they're doing. You know, they've all got headlines to write, and then, therefore, we've all got tweets to write, haven't we? So, yeah. Yeah, now, like you said, Craig, this this can't be... It, it, you only have to look at the times to know it can't be a shock. Sorry, Craig, yeah.
1: No, I was just going to say, like, the, I mean, part of the reason that the discourse happens like this on Twitter, just with gamers, is because... It's... It's almost like Turnabout is fair play, so, like... There's been loads of times when Xbox, quote-unquote, had no games, and you had Xbox fans shouting from the rooftops, well, what about this? This is console exclusive, or, well, yeah, we don't have a first-party game this year, but there's loads of third-party games coming, and all PlayStation fans sat and said, that doesn't count. And so, <laughs> which they did. Everyone did. And yeah, we and in yeah. suits. And yeah, we, and we suits, mocked yeah. them senselessly. And now it's turned around and they remember and they're like, well, what about this now? And so it, it's it just, it is the cycle. Like PlayStation hasn't really had this cycle for a while. They have managed to maintain a good clip of games coming out, but. I think partly because of a little bit of a false start with the live service, some of their games, and also they are now also feeling, not Insomniac, but some of them are also feeling the lengthier development times. Now that we've moved into like the PlayStation 5 era, like games just take longer to make. And so we are going to have a little bit of a down period just now and then 2025, 2026, I think will be pretty busy. And it's just because that's... That's the nature of it. There's games taking longer Thank to make God. now. We're now in a five to six year cycle with some yeah, games.
0: Yeah. I'm with yeah and with you. I could use a bit of a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the thing is, is that you know, I've said this in the past that, you know, gone are, gone are the days when a studio, be it PlayStation or, or whatever, released a game every year, every two years. Those days are long gone. And the problem we now have is the fact that neither PlayStation nor Xbox, if they want to maintain old standards they don't have enough studios they don't have enough teams they absurdly don't and we know that at the very best you're going to get two AAA games a year at the moment you know everyone thought when when xbox bought abk they were going to bring back all these games and oh, all these extra game. no no you've just bought a cod factory and that's fine that's that's where the money is but ultimately the gaming landscape has kind of switched again where there's a massive reliance on second and third party now that mm-hmm. is where the bulk of gaming comes from. You know, I, I played my PlayStation for 1,350 hours last year, and 90% of that was spent on third-party games. So where's the time going? Well, it's going in third-party, second-party, and that's fine. Like a dragon. You know, <laughs> yeah, 100 hours there, yeah. Mine so that, 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 is, that is where time's going to go, and we have to just realize that, that it's changing. And I think that's why PlayStation have been signing a lot more money hatting so second and third party agreements and and that's that is going to be the that's next two three years you're going to see that more and more and more and you're going to see i think you're going to see a hell of a lot more not just console exclusives but probably timed exclusives and certainly probably a lot more a bit like hogwarts yeah you can buy it on xbox day one you can buy it on playstation day one day one but if you buy it on playstation we give you an extra quest you know, you're going to see a lot more of these little incentives as well, because the first party stuff just it can't be there at five year cycles.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, like I've said this before, I think I said it in last week's podcast. Like, I think one of the options and I think it's a viable option is I, I do agree that PlayStation in particular, I think they need to make these games a little bit shorter. Like, see, I, I used an example last week of Ragnarok. Like, I genuinely think you could have made that two games and made the series a trilogy. Like, I don't think that game needed to be forty fifty hours. I think yeah. You could, but I, the
2: problem is that they'll charge seventy dollars for both parts. I'm fine
1: with that. I'm honestly, I I would have, I genuinely would have preferred two twenty five hour games. I, but you I, pay gen- double I I don't mind I, I genuinely don't mind I, I value yeah, I, my I'm gonna time I think you're I've in been. the minority there oh definitely I know <laughs> I am but I value my time more like I just I, I think a lot of games that play doesn't make State.
2: any sense just play half of it and put it down
1: I did <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> he
0: did, yeah, he did. I did. <laughs> um,
1: you're like
2: make everybody else get half the game for the same amount yeah. of money but i just think in
1: terms of like obviously we'll come on to it and like you've got like them talking about how they need to somehow extract more money out of these games like Mm -hmm. i'm not saying you cut a game in half and sell it twice but ragnarok was long enough that you could have made that a trilogy and you could have Mm -hmm. had the first part of it out in 2021 and then bring the second part out this year
2: but why did we need it in 2021 well, I'm just well, not under, be, I'm just not think, understanding why this is is uh desirable other than that you don't have enough time to play God of War Ragnarok is all that I'm getting. No,
0: I've got oh, t- I think s- I certain people felt t- it was I've a bit t- bloated. To, I've got the
1: time to play it. I just think it just I I, I personally felt it dragged a bit. Like I I like the God of War franchise, but I just I pre- I did prefer the older versions when it was 12 hours. All right. Will you
2: go on Twitter and and tell everybody that you think that they should pay one hundred forty dollars for Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, I've
1: done it. I've done that it. House. Oh yeah. I'll do that, I'll do that, to, the, I'll do that to the cows. Come home, I don't mind. I'd, <laughs> I've I've got not a single problem with game prices. Like I'm I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I think I don't know. Like we're not. I don't think we're exploring the the sort of price cap enough. Not in terms. Of, I'm not saying like infinite
2: mate, saying, wealth with its new game plus for fifteen bucks.
1: Aye, I don't own. Nobody's yeah. fucking paying for that.
0: You mentioned about profits there, Craig Kirk. I mean, when you hear Hiroki Toki's comments about about profit and about margins being lower, I think for me, before I kind of come to you, I think this, what he's saying, I think, has made a lot of headlines because, as as a head of PlayStation. There's never really been a finance guy at the helm. You know, but you, you know, Jim Ryan, you had uh, Andrew House, uh, Kazarai, none of these these guys were all marketing directors who obviously moved into the role. And naturally, these margin and profit conversations would have happened in boardrooms.
2: I would but argue Ryan, that Ryan was probably the closest to that that they ever had. Like yeah. He was very yeah. much a businessman. I don't know about yeah. finance.
0: But he was no, like he, but a he, kind wasn't, of he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. A, he wasn't an FO. Whereas yeah. Hiroki Toki is. That is. He is the finance guy. I mean, he's the guy that introduced Sony Bank. He's the guy that when when he when he when he got promoted within Sony said that growth is his is his main driver. You know. So he is all about the bottom line in the dollar. Right. So I think it's just a surprise hearing such words publicly. But it's not words that are unusual. But I think people have just taken this profit word and this margin word and then. It's then just escalated that PlayStation's in trouble and there's problems. So what do you what do you kind of what do you take from, from his words and and what do you think the um the it's next Just the sort reality of, of the situation,
1: do? I think. Just I mean, every company wants to make more money. They need to find ways to make more money, they need to keep people happy, they need to improve how much money they're making. And when you've got a finance guy, like you say, at the helm, he's gonna speak in those terms. And Yeah, and not in super
2: weird podcasts like Xbox, (laughs) where they come out and talk for 20 minutes about God knows what to sort of frame the exact same statement. Like, I like this guy. He's like, yeah, our growth's down. We're going to have to uh, bolster that in some way. That's all. That's it. Not like some (laughs) sort of like and we we really we care about you the xbox gamer and we just really want to make sure that you're comfortable and you know we just feel like you should be able to play wherever you want except for playstation because yeah they don't like us because they're way better and bigger than us but yeah we're 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 still gonna give you value don't worry don't worry you stupid stupid idiot that bought our box it's okay okay it's okay, we're going to say all the right things to make you feel good and special, Mr. Man. We'll still make another
1: Halo, we promise.
0: <laughs> that's the creepiest voice I've ever heard in a podcast.
1: <laughs> and that's saying something, because he's been on some fucking dark shows. <laughs> Like it, it had it
2: had this weird undercurrent to it of like what is happening? Like what are you guys saying right now? Because it's either nothing or something very uncomfortable.
1: I've al- I've always said that every time Phil Spencer speaks, he leaves fire exits open all over the place that he can just run out of and be like, Well, I, I did say that, but also sort of said this And so if yeah. you actually listen yeah. back, I did tell you that it was coming. And yeah. it's it's I mean, always at the end of the been his day- issue. That's
2: what these layoffs are about. Um, you know, you cut you cut salaries. Oh, wow, your profit margin just increased by the amount of that salary because you don't have to pay them that next year. Yeah. So, like, these companies just want to make more money, and their yeah. shareholders want them to make more money, and they want to grow. They want to grow in terms of we made this much money last year. They're not content to make that. Sa- I mean, they're still making, I don't know. Let's oh, it's katie Make, make, yeah, it's make kidding, it up yeah. $100 million. We're like, well, we don't want to make $100 million next year. We want to make $200 million. it
1: has to be more than last year. Lay
2: people off more, more, more. We got to go buy Activision King. We got to get into mobile. And it's like, at a certain point, I don't really understand business and finance like other people. I'm more of a, like, uh, you know, the humanities and, you know, literature. And I studied law, like an armchair reasoning type of guy. I don't really do good with, like, statistics. But I would have to imagine that at a certain point... There's a there's a growth ceiling. Like, yeah, there's no way Absolutely. that you can just continue to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And like I feel like we're hitting a soft cap right now and the industry is like in denial. Oh like they're totally. just like, no, we'll we'll grow bigger, we'll we'll do it. We'll we'll get into phone, we'll get into mobile, that's where it is, we'll get into cloud, mm-hmm. that's where it is, we'll do VR, that's where it is. It's like, no, maybe just everybody that is gonna buy a PlayStation has one. They have one now. And they're going to go buy your $70 games. And if you make the games $80, they'll probably go buy the $80 games, too, if they're good enough. Or they'll probably buy them anyway, honestly. And it's like, that's where it is. Like, maybe you're not going to grow that much year over year anymore. And, like, that sucks that you can't make so much money that you could change the entire GDP of a country in, like, Africa or something. <laughs> but um, yeah. we don't effing care about that. So yeah. shut the up. Like, yeah whatever like and it's just like the only reason that any of this matters is that there was a chance that they might take like our our halo gears and starfield away that's it yeah that's the only reason any of this mattered. All this other co- corporate bullcrap, they can take it and shove it up their butts because it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care about how they're going to make sure that they provide value for shareholders. I don't. I could not be bothered. So, like, tell me what the bottom line is in terms of the outcome for me, the gamer, and that's it. And, like, they are getting so lost in the weeds of, like, where our vision is, I don't give up. A- Fly in blank. Like, I do not care. Like, either give me a bottom line direct thing of, like, this will happen, this won't, this is how you're affected, this is what the user experience is going to be with our product, or shut up. Don't say anything. And, like, I get that they had to say stuff because of this storm, but you didn't have to go about it in such a vague like kind of like ooh, well we might bring four games. We might bring more than that if we if it we, well, goes well. You know, you will see. Not Starfield and in Indiana there's Jones right voice now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. It's <laughs> discomforting. It's disconcerting. Like the whole messaging from Xbox right now is just off-putting. It's like, what do you want? Like, what am I meant to feel? To to speak in like a more British syntax. What am I meant to feel right now? Like in terms of what you're saying to me. And, like, I don't know that anybody really knows other than just, like, uncomfortable, suspicious, and um, cynical to a certain degree. And I don't think that they've done anything to to ease that other than, like, very naive people that are just like, oh, they said it's four games. It's okay that's fine back to business as usual and it's like with PlayStation this guy's just like yeah i don't know we got to make more money somehow you know like, and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's kind you know, of refreshing cuz he was so he way. was so
0: he was so direct yeah. with it you know there was there was no there was no airs and graces he was very very direct about this and he it's went, like
2: people are like where's your 20 minute podcast you know and it's like i don't know we don't need to do that. Maybe you <laughs> no. know, and it's just like. And neither should they.
0: They should have stuck yeah, it on a exactly. blog post or a yeah. fucking pamphlet somewhere because that's yeah. all it worked. told yeah. that that
1: took twelve days to produce that twenty minutes. They left their entire yeah. fan base hanging. Maybe for that's what it was is that they just couldn't that. get all
2: three of those people in a room. I don't
1: know. Jesus, but, but see in terms of uh, sorry, just in terms of like the the profit margins, like they're in a height into nothing because. During the COVID years, obviously you were going to see record profits. Everyone was stuck in the house. The amount of people I know that have never touched a games console in their life that were all of a sudden messaging me, what should I buy? i buy this. Okay, I'll pick up that. Obviously they were going to see record profits. And to now be trying to chase improvements on that, once everybody's went out and touched grass again, it's just, you have to set realistic expectations. And I, I... I you don't get that often from people who are just like, "No, nah, needs to be more profit." I don't care if it's profit; it has to be more profit than last year. And if we can't get that through extracting it out of people, then we'll sack people. And it's yeah. like, like yeah, it's just and, a and, shit and, way and, to do things
2: and screw up the games and over monetize them and make yeah. systems that aren't um, as enjoyable yeah. and compelling in on, of their own accord. So.
0: Or on yeah. or in PlayStation's case you put everything to PC apparently, Craig, where do you where do you stand on those comments about PC?
1: I think in terms of live service games, it makes absolute sense. I mean we've just had but, we've just had the the sort of proof in the pudding with Helldivers 2. Like that has I'd be
2: shocked if they don't do that for oh, every live to. service game yeah. going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's too
2: much of a success. Like, can you imagine if they don't do it and then the shareholders are like well but hell divers did so well why did you not do the same thing there and they're like oh well we wanted to increase the value of our brand and they're like we want you to increase the value value of our bank account what the heck are you guys <laughs> yeah. doing out there yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah absolutely And then that's the thing, if it doesn't work, then they can just be like, well, we wanted to follow the model that we set with Helldivers. So it's like, there's no way they can't copy that. Like, it's too much of a success for them not to do it.
1: They absolutely need to do it. And obviously Helldivers 2 has sold better on PC than than on PlayStation, which you'd expect because of the install base and just the fact that they just... Like, you can, you can see it from the concurrence. Like, we obviously, we don't have numbers. They, they won't release a breakdown, I wouldn't imagine. But um, you can see it from the likes of multiplying on PSN profiles. You can see, like, amount of active users and stuff like that. Like, it has, and you would expect it to sell better on PC. And if you get a good game, if you've got cross play, I don't think there's any PlayStation gamers, even the ones that are gatekeeping the absolute most, that will be annoyed about a live service game releasing on PC. Now, if you put Spider-Man 3 day one on PC, I think you'll get some blowback. But you won't on a live service game.
0: No, no. There's no downside I mean, do, to it, do, I don't do, think. Do either of you see a future where single-player first parties launch day and date on PC? No. No.
1: Sony no. would have to, be strugg- they'd have to be struggling, and I think they're almost bulletproof yeah. at the moment.
0: I'm the same. I'm the same. And, and the thing is, is that I know, I know this isn't perfect data, but when I look at... Spider-Man Remastered, when that went on PC, I think it only sold around, we'll call it 3 million copies, I think it's actually less, and I'm going, if you had told me Spider-Man Remastered sold 5 million on PC, I would have told you that was low, never mind sort of less than 3, now I get, I get it was an older game, so the argument would be, well if it had launched day and day, it would have sold more, but I then think, well, would it have sold more? or would I think it have sold I think less on PlayStation, playstation and more
2: copies yeah
0: yeah i think exactly, they're just selling
2: yeah. playstation copies because people are like
0: i'm correct. not waiting correct yeah. i don't i don't think it would it would be new sales but we're not listen we won't know it until it happens if it happens i don't see it happening anytime soon like you said craig unless they are really struggling i think that's for me xbox putting games on playstation like you know hi-fi rush pen etc that tells you there's a problem When that's happened, there's a problem. And I think the day that single player games go day and date, and I'm talking about big games, so your Spider-Man, your God of War, the day that's happening, that tells you there's a problem. That's the only reason you make such big changes is there's problems.
1: With Xbox, like, the reason they brought their games to PC day one is because they're in second place and they need to think out the box. They need to do whatever they can to try and make that back. The reason day one games come to Game Pass uh, is because well, they're in it's second made place. Well, by
2: Microsoft, too.
1: I don't know. Well, I think
2: there's just general, general cohesion and synergy between those two platforms. Yeah, no, uh,
1: you're right. You could say that. But day one Game Pass, they would not have done that if they were in first place. That was a second place move. It's a swing for the fences move. They're, they're yeah. going to make these, like... To me, the reason that these four unnamed games that we all know what they are are coming to PlayStation <laughs> is because they. Like... Can you imagine if it was like Forza? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I would
2: take yeah. like Forza. Everybody's Horizon, oh, it's a great game. Man. I know. Oh,
1: it's CFDs and,
2: and uh grounded, and it's like Forza Motorsport, like the new one. That'd be hilarious.
1: But I mean, mm-hmm. these it, games... won't,
2: it won't be though. PlayStation doesn't no. want Forza on PlayStation. They've got Grand Turismo. No, their yeah, motors- no. Yeah, no yeah,
1: chance. Too right. No chance but the reason these games are coming to PlayStation their loss exactly <laughs> yeah, coming to PlayStation is because PlayStation clearly said no to game I, I would put money on that Xbox tried to get Game Pass on PlayStation and were told exactly where to go and so this is the sort of revised idea is to dip the we, toes uh, we in already sort
2: of know that they asked yeah. Switch because yeah. they're like you guys need us almost like mm-hmm. there's some games that your hardware can't handle and they're like mm-hmm. We're going to do some cloud stuff. Don't worry about it. It's yeah, fine. yeah, we yeah. Don't need they you They know. clearly
1: went to Nintendo and to PlayStation. We're told, "Fuck off!" Sorry, get yeah. in the bin, and <laughs> <laughs> get in the bin, get in the bin. And this is their sort of revised idea. Of what else? How else can we approach this? Because again, yeah. it's a second place move that you have to make. Because otherwise, I mean, through traditional means, through just, like, see if Xbox were to turn around tomorrow and just start putting out better games than PlayStation, that's not enough to turn the tide. It's just not enough. I,
2: I hate that. I hate that Phil said that. I hate that as a mindset. It was, Maybe but, do it. D- to see I think if it's true. It's Maybe do it and see if it works. Oh, yeah. yeah but I think it's but, true. I don't know. Like, if Baldur- imagine if Baldur's Gate 3 was only on Xbox. Like, imagine a world mm-hmm. where a game that's that good, that gets that much, or Alan Wake 2 or something, and then there's one, and then there's two, and then there's three, and now you're like, mm, well, I over might need time, a S. over
1: time it would, but it that's would take time. That's what
2: the frick PlayStation does. Yep. That's yeah. uh, like, why can't they do that? It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Like, I'm, I'm literally going to play. I'm not, because I haven't played Remake. But, like, if I'm the average PlayStation gamer, I'm going to play Helldivers, quality. I'm going to play Rebirth at the end of this month, quality. I'm going to play Rise of the Ronin, maybe not graphically pushing the envelope, but in terms of gameplay systems, open world, giving you that Assassin's Creed, finally in feudal Japan with Samurais. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that Ghost of Tsushima really delivered on that. It's kind of its own game. Quality. Stellar Blade looks insane. Looks amazing. Like, yeah. That's month after mm-hmm. month after month, and and Xbox is like, we got Redfall and Starfield, and one of those is ass, and the other one is like not as good as we said it was gonna be. I mean, like, I like Starfield, yeah. but I, I also sorry. I also I'm, like like it's a seven, it's a seven. I like Bethesda, like hello, how are you doing? Like I liked like, like <laughs> yeah, that the sun comes about it. Yeah, it, like it, like it, it, it zooms in on the. Hello. How are you? Like, you know, like whatever. Like they're like yeah. they're like turned around like they're like, Hello. <laughs> Haven't seen you here before. You know, like whatever. Yeah, it, reminds me of the,
1: it reminds me of the angle the wrestlers stand at when they do interviews backstage. Always at a 90 degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I mean listen. I know we've got the four games. I, I thought I actually I thought it was interesting whether, you know, they, they got the whole Starfield and Indiana Jones thing out, you know, straight away they got that out of the conversation as quickly as, as quickly as possible they got that out. And at the same time, the Did Verge... Did it clarify w- for good that it's not ever happened? Yeah, no, well, yeah, because the Verge instantly Wanted launched that? at the exact same dude, Tom time. Tom Warren is
2: a menace, dude. Did you yeah. guys see that he, like, posted on my post and he was like, please don't use... Verge imagery in your quote post, please. <laughs> Not to my liking, actually. I would, I would, I would really prefer if you would refrain from doing that. Okay, okay, Tom. I told yeah. him I was like, if it, if it, if it infringes on your trademarks or copyrights, let me know. I'll take it down. But I think you're just. Gotta stick up your butt. But anyway, he does good work, so I won't crap on him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because obviously he launched that article at the same time, which completely contradict... No, didn't contradict is the wrong word. It walked
1: it it back. It walked
0: it back, yeah. And it clarified... Because, again... When you watched that twenty-two minute shit show, you immediately thought he said, "Oh, Starfield and Indiana Jones aren't going to PlayStation." That's what you—that's what you thought you heard, and we all thought we heard that, but we didn't hear that. We heard Fight it's one so of the four games. Them, yeah. Which I think is in reality
2: he really does mean that they're not going to put them on PlayStation. But I think what he's saying is like, look, if we if we put Hi-Fi Rush on PlayStation and it sells gangbusters, then yeah, we're going to do it like if High fry rush breaks records on PlayStation how are they going to how are they going to go to their shareholders and be like yeah we're not doing that for starfield like they have to do it but he doesn't think that's going to happen nobody thinks that's going to happen no. so he's not he like he wants to say no we're not doing it like, based on all the emails that we've read from the the court hearings and everything, like, Phil values his exclusives. It's important to him. It's important to Matt Booty too. They want to bring value to their platform in terms of what's accessible purely on that platform. And yeah. they don't want to give their best games away, especially not an IP like Indiana Jones. If they could make Marvel Blade exclusive, they will. I don't know that Disney's going to let them or Marvel's going to let them. But... Yeah, like I think it's just like a thing of like, man, I want to see here because who knows maybe Hi-Fi Rush sells double what it already sold, and it's just because of PlayStation, and we're like, wow, the power of that install base we did not realize that and we're missing I, out well, on. I, I
0: think it's Switch, it, it's Switch that's going to sell it. Yeah. I think Pentiment and Hi-Fi will do well on Switch. I, they are I, they are Switch type games. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't, you don't, don't have think to worry about those are, for
2: Starfield and um, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. but like, I, I but got either there. way.
0: Do you imagine if they the got Starfield running on the switch? The board at Microsoft won't care about those finer details. So they'll just look at the overall numbers and go, "Yeah, get Starfield on there." It's simple. It's simple. Sa- the strings Sa- here.
2: Satya and company would be like, "Yeah, they're pulling ship the strings." Ship them out. Ship out, them out put it. Put Print the PlayStation yeah. discs and ship them out. Yeah. yeah. Well, One thing: print is, if, the labels. You're,
0: if you're, if you're, if you're a board member. Or, or, or part of the leadership team at Microsoft and you're seeing monthly active users at 123 million and a PlayStation 5 install base of 50-odd million. Your reaction isn't, I'm glad we have exclusives. It's, why the fuck's our game's not on there? 123 million people are buying 19 million games and our game's, what are we doing here? Oh, but we like, ex- what are we doing here? They don't care about yeah. how our petty console war that the 1% care about. It's a money game, like we just spoke about the PlayStation. They're not interested in those exclusive details. 123 million people played a PlayStation last quarter. Get our games on there.
1: What do you think in terms of, so, I think we're all sort of, it's, it's pretty much been confirmed, without being confirmed, what the four games are. Now, Grounded and Sea of Thieves make perfect sense. Live service games, we spoke about that with PlayStation, putting them on PC, makes sense for these games to be available as much as possible. Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush, on the other hand, I'm interested on how they landed on those two. The, the thing that makes sort of maybe the most sense to me is that they looked and went, right, these Grounded and Sea of Thieves makes sense for PlayStation. These other two make sense for Switch, maybe? Like, because they're not going to sell well on PlayStation. I don't think, look, I love Pentiment. I absolutely, I thought it was brilliant. I love that type of game. I I thought it was excellent. It was one of my favourite games that year. But Mm -hmm. that is not selling a lot of copies on PlayStation. So
0: well, see if, is, if this no wasn't ex- no one played it on Game Pass either though. I know no one played so see, it on there for free. for free. So
1: see if this was an experiment. Or oh, let's put some games on and see how they I, sell. I still haven't played Pentiment. Have you I, not? I it's I really feel, good. I feel dirty. It's yeah. good. It's good.
2: I need to. I like Inclinati, so Yeah,
1: it's really good. But um, yeah, if you were. Like, I keep hearing people say, well, they're putting these games on as an experiment to see how they sell. If that's true, then I'm sorry, but Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment are a shit choice. No, yeah. Really bad. I think bad,
2: fi Rush not is a gonna... shit choice. You don't cause... think Hi-Fi Rush is going to sell well on PlayStation? No. no.
0: no. You, you I think it's, think it's a good game, no, but I don't, hi, don't think it's going to no, sell hi, well. crazy. No, no way. Hi, yes. hi, Hi-Fi Rush was played by four million people. It was free, and it was on Steam. You could complete it in a weekend and 4 million people played it and 50% of people didn't beat the first boss. Who on PlayStation is buying that game? If it's 30 quid, maybe. If it's 30 dollars, 30 if you're If quid, you're saying maybe.
2: 4 million played it, I bet it sells million. a million easy. That
0: but that's not enough. That's nothing.
2: You you, you do the math.
1: put it a over million. There? If it sells a million, yeah, a I think that'd enough. be a huge success. I don't. I, that's I, not. for
0: yeah. might bigger picture. Yeah. That's a
1: million nothing. would be a huge success. I think for game. A million to two million, I
0: think it'll sell, nah, and they'll be very happy with that. If they sell nah, that, barely, I think they'll be worth. Yeah. Nah, I don't think so. That's barely even worth it. I don't the think point? they'll sell that many, but if like they do, button. I think it's worth it. What? That's yeah. that's the the net the net profit. That's probably Phil Spencer's bonus for this year. What the fuck are we talking about here? A million copies. What did you guys think when you saw the um, the thirty five million Game Pass subscriber number? Soft. It's
2: just an inflated bullcrap number that includes their core live base. Yeah. And they I haven't grown that at, at all. Happy at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Soft.
0: Stalled, yeah. yeah. Dumb.
2: And then and then she says and then the, uh, Diablo four will be available to all of them. That's Except big. It's not. Except it's not. It's not available to thirty five
0: million. It's available to twenty five million. Yeah. yeah. She boobed. I, I I I tweeted to someone. I think. They wanted to drop in that thirty-five million subtly, and she's just got her tongue tied. Yeah. I think that's a, it was a genuine mistake because they're so desperate to get that thirty-five. Put it million on core, in. you bitches! Do yeah. it. No chance. You said it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, but uh, yeah, that's a good get for them. Diablo Four is a great game. Um, over. Uh, I mean, we're on work to game right now. I guess as far as the video goes, but for our. Game of the Year Awards, I nominated as one of the six, which is like so a high I. bar. So did I for mine. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just freaking good. Like, as far yep. as an online MMO light, trying to do the Destiny thing, and the Anthem thing, and the Skull and Bones thing, and the Suicide Squad thing, you know, give you a console game that approaches MMO systems,
0: just does it well. Well, I'll, I'll, let, I'll, let Craig, I'll let Craig take it. You, you take the outro, mate.
1: Okay. You can find us at puredeadgaming.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Pure Dead Gaming. YouTube as well, Pure Dead Gaming. And occasionally over on TikTok as well, which is very stop-start because it's just not a gaming platform. But you <laughs> can find us over there as well. Uh, we're omnipresent. Or about. You'll find us anywhere Pure Dead Gaming.
2: Fab. And for the lovely Scottish and uh, general UK audience and 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 Pure pure Dead cohort that you guys have. You guys have a lovely community. Uh, thank you for having me as a guest in your space. No I hope you'll check thank you out for, my uh, Thank you for chatting. Hope you'll check out my YouTube channel, What's New Video Games, where I do reviews on the regular. And again, hopefully I'm going to be kind of doing some parallel stuff with the guys here at Pure Dead um, in the future. So I would, I would love to see that. Love to help them out and and get more involved cuz I really like what y'all are doing as an outlet. And you then yeah, have. I'm at Warmer Gray on Twitter uh for terrible takes and um uh, I make Donnie laugh from time to time. Sometimes he jumps in and and riles, riles people up. That's always <laughs> fun. No. That's what I'm here for. I just no, started the No, never. I just started never the never. Yeah. But yeah, this this was great. We uh we had a lot to talk about. We ran really long. I I could just see Donnie's face when we were talking about it in the games. He's like
0: Oh, God. <laughs> clock, <laughs> clock, clock management went right out the fucking window about 90 minutes in. I'm like, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: We, we like it. man.
0: The, yeah. The, 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 the podcast edit is going to be interesting. <laughs> Have fun. Indeed. Thank you all. Thank you all for having me and Craig. And thank you all for listening. And yeah. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye.